Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's Boomer and Geo on The Fan and the CBS Sports Network. Boomer Esiason, Greg Giannotti, it's Boomer and Geo on the fans, simulcast across the country on CBS Sports Network. And wherever you are on the free Odyssey app, good Thursday morning. It was a wild day for the Jets yesterday. There was a report that Mike LaFleur had been fired. Then there was a report that said, no, he has not been fired. And then later on in the afternoon, you had the mutual parting of ways with the Jets and their offensive coordinator, Mike LaFleur. So where do they go from here? Clearly, it was unacceptable. The offense that they saw at the end of the season and the the development of Zach Wilson had to do something else. But this creates another set of problems. I don't know if they're was the perfect answer for them because the continuity part is something that you'd like to have. However, you need a veteran presence in there and you can't be that freaking bad for that long offensively in the NFL in 2022. So, where do they go? It'll definitely be a veteran. We'll figure out who that is over the next couple of weeks. Good morning, Boomer. How are you? Oh, good morning, G. I'm doing well this morning as I got to sit down and watch an entire Nick game last night. And uh, it was good. It was good to watch uh, Jalen Brunson just completely control the game. And, uh, you know, he's actually scored 33 points per game in January. They've won five out of their last six. They bounced back after they lost the, the Milwaukee and just, just watching really from start to finish as opposed to checking in and just watching maybe the second half or whatever. I, I'm telling you, with the Knicks, you know, we hammered them for years and years and years about different players in here. It's been a revolving door with the coaching and the whole thing. And then we finally actually hit on somebody. And I know everybody who has watched every Nick game that's a died-in-the-wool Nick fan knows this. And I know that uh, Greg Popovich said this last week. The guy legitimately is a monster. He real, I mean, Jalen Brunson controls the whole thing, and he is—he's as good as advertised, and he's probably one of the best free agent signings we've ever had. And I know that doesn't mean anything to you because you don't really care. Well, no, I just was wondering what you thought about everything that I said leading up to Good Morning Boomer, and then you just ignored all of that to talk I, about I just, Jalen I just, Brunson. I, yeah. So I was just waiting for a reaction to that. So I just right. thought you'd get but this I, off your I, chest I, and then right. get to the Jets okay, stuff that happened but, yesterday. Right. So the Jets stuff that yeah. happened yesterday is not surprising to me. As I right. told you, changes were coming. Uh, it was just a matter of who was going to end up losing their job or parting ways with the organization. You know that. Notice how they parse those words. 
I don't think Rob Sala really wanted to fire his friend. I just think that his friend probably took some of the pressure off of Rob Sala and said, look, man, I can see the writing on the wall. I know what's going on out there. I can hear it. I see it. I can feel the pressure. Um, somebody has to end up going, moving, move on. And this is the reality of, of their business. So now the question is, who do the Jets turn to? And I, at this point, I, I'm not really sure. And all I know is that I don't know if this is going to be a guy that they hire that does not have any connection to Rob Sala. That would be like my buddy Frank Reich. You know, yeah. I see Twitter. I know what people are saying. They, they'd like, love to see Frank. I, you know, I don't know if Frank's even interested in this. He had a, Head coaching uh, meeting yesterday with the the Panthers. I think he's going to have a, a meeting lined up with the Houston Texans, and he may have a meeting lined up with the uh, Denver Broncos. I'm not sure, uh, but the point being is that you know I know he wants to go through that process first. I, you know the thing about hiring an offensive coordinator that does not have a, a connection to Rob Sala is that you you automatically create a potential distrust between two people that are working together and. Your, your, maybe your second or third most important hire in this case, your offense coordinator. You'd like to know who he is. That's one of the reasons why these guys tend up, tend to hire a lot of friends and a lot of family is because they don't trust anybody. It's just an, it's a just naturally inbred in all NFL teams, coaching staffs. Everybody's paranoid. Everybody's insecure. And now you got to go out and you got to find somebody. And hopefully, uh, Rob Sala and Joe Douglas have somebody in mind together that they will hire and, will not create any friction within the building or any potential distrust. And then find somebody who has a connection or maybe can build a connection with this young quarterback, it looks like, who they're going to be keeping. So none of this is shocking, but I do think that Michael Floor took the high road here. In other words, they, they didn't fire him. This is why it's the parting of the ways. Well, the I, Jets took the high road, not Michael Floor. Listen, I'm telling you. He could have come out and trashed the Jets? Not not that. It's just that they could have come out and said, we are firing this guy. Um, yeah, but, that's they what, didn't, yeah. but they didn't do that. Right. They're, the they're Jets took the high road. We mutually agree. Right. I think he did, too. Yeah. I think I think he Well, he doesn't want to sound like he got fired. I mean, for no, him, that's not... Does. Nobody does. Yeah. No, I could see him... I could... See, knowing what I know about him, I could see him going to the team and to Rob Sala. Look, let me, let me end all this nonsense. I don't want to be sitting here... Wondering whether or not you still want me. I know the fan base doesn't want me. Um, and I don't want to put this kind of pressure on you, Rob. You're my, one of my best buddies. Right. Which adds another layer of this. That's whole right. Thing. So I don't, you know, I, I'll, I'll, I'll leave. You guys can fire me, whatever you want to call it. But let's just call it that we mutually agree. And, you know, Mike is, uh, he got, believe me, he's got plenty of contacts in the NFL. His, his career will restart again next year somewhere else, maybe in Green Bay with his brother. Who knows? Maybe out with Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco. You never know. I mean, so he's going to be fine, but it's still, nonetheless, the day after, you know, nobody ever wants to get fired. Nobody wants to be the reason why things don't work out. And I'll tell you, when I sit here and I kind of defend my buddy Frank and what happened to him in Indianapolis, I could say the same thing here about Michael Floor. I mean, they have four quarterbacks this year, three of them starting. Uh, it was a revolving door. They handled that the wrong way. And by the way, he's not the guy that handles that. Right. He's just the guy that is given, you know, the players, now go go win a game. And you got three different quarterbacks, four if you count Strevel or that little half uh, or that, that quarter against Jacksonville. But I, I just, it's impossible to to be able to be somewhat consistent 
when you have so many moving parts around you, and unfortunately, a really good guy and a good coach lost his job. Yeah, what's interesting to me is the what goes into this decision-making process, thinking into the future. So on one hand, and I heard some Jets fans are really both sides of this. This seemed like a 50-50 split from the reaction I was seeing yesterday. But I saw some Jets fans that were saying, all right, if you're going to keep Zach Wilson, and it sounds like that, now you're losing that continuity with him, and he's got to learn a whole new offense. It wasn't Mike LaFleur's fault. You're firing a guy. You're making him a scapegoat. And now you're going to make it tougher if you keep Zach Wilson. That's one side. The other side is, how could you keep this guy when, if you're keeping Zach Wilson, these are the results that you had with him? Now you're going to bring those two guys back again when there's been not just a long history. It hasn't been a long history, but it's been a history of complete and utter ineptitude with the two of them. So I kind of agree with the second part of it, meaning that you need to, because I don't know if Zach Wilson's going to work out. I don't, I have no idea. And I don't even know if he's going to be on the roster. They say he is, but we're going to go through this offseason. We're going to see opportunities for them to bring in players we didn't even think about. And we'll see who the Jets quarterback is. To me, it was about bringing in that veteran offensive guy that they have been missing since the tragedy of Greg Knapp. That's what it was about. And in order to do that, you had to get rid of the offensive coordinator because you're not going to get anybody worth anything who's going to be Mike LaFleur's assistant. And if you bring in somebody like Frank Reich, you got to give him the title of assistant head coach. You do. Because he's not going to come here to be Mike LaFleur's replacement. Are you kidding me? He's got to come here and he's got to have major influence in that building, which puts pressure on Rob Sala that could either go one way or the other. Yeah, that's that's the other problem with this. So, it's, you know, it's, again, it's it's trying to put together people who may not know each other, if it were Frank or anybody else. But you're putting people, people together that may not know each other, uh, never worked together. Uh, maybe they might have a mutual respect for each other, which would be key. But there could be somebody else in that Kyle Shanahan tree that is out there that may just come in here, just be a different voice, a different way of seeing things. But they keep the same offense, keep the same, you know, vocabulary, keep all of that together. Just but just somebody maybe a little bit older, a little bit better in terms of understanding what the how to get the best out of of Zach and how to get the best out of the offense and, you know, and preparing Zach per game on a per game basis. And I, I don't really know um, who that person is, whether it be, you know, was it Gary Kubiak or Clint Kubiak or whoever. Daryl Bevel is a name that's out there. Nathaniel right, so- Hackett with his Broncos disaster is a name that's out there. By the way, I am not bringing him in because if you're br- this guy that they hire has to be twofold. It has to not just be an offensive coordinator that gets the best out of Zach. It has to be someone who knows what the F they're doing. Yes. And the Jets don't have enough of those guys on this coaching staff. And it is played out that way right in front of our eyes. All right. Well, I mean, that, and that's, you know, we'll go through the process with them. We'll figure out who all the candidates are. But I just know, you know, it's, uh, it's not, a, it's, it's never a great day when somebody, especially a close friend, Oh, it's got to be miserable we've in that around here. right we, now. We've seen people get, yeah. you know, let go around here and stuff like that. People that we've worked with for, for a long time. People that, you know, uh, you, you want them to be able to stay, but for whatever reason, they're not here. And it's the same thing for them. And, and they know it. They live a nomadic lifestyle. And they all know that it's a results-oriented business. I think Michael Floor said that last week. And so it's not shocking, I'm sure, uh, to everybody over there in Florham Park. So now the question is, how do they turn this thing around? The other thing, too, is you got to hope that, you know, next year they can come back and they'll have some sort of, they won't have the health issues that they had on offense. 
Man, a ton of health issues on offense. You know that, and I know that with the, the, the offensive line. Like, we're lauding Cincinnati going into their last, like, three games of the year. Their offensive line had stayed intact from week one to, like, week 15. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, they lose their right tackle. Yeah. Now they lose it. It's the right guard, I think. Um, so the right side of the offensive line is now in a state of flux. Yeah, but they've got a guy who can handle it because he handled it last year and took him all the way to the Super Bowl with one of the worst offensive lines in football. Right? Jets don't have that guy. That's right, and he's getting rid of the ball in less than two and a half seconds on, on pretty much on everyone and has learned how to uh, you know, play the game like Tom Brady plays the game. If it ain't open downfield and you haven't gotten rid of it, then just drop it off and let somebody else go make a play. But, I, again, to go back to the Jets, they'll, uh, you know, this this will be you know really interesting to see who they hire. I would think that they're going to hire somebody in that space that somewhere along the line, Rob Saul has had a connection to, just because that's the normal thing to do, to hire somebody that you know has had success somewhere else running the same type of offense and that Rob Saul has a connection to. So there isn't that built-in distrust, especially like if you hire, and again, yeah. I don't know if this is going to happen, but if you hire a guy like Frank, you're right. He's not coming in, the amount of money he's making now, He's not coming in to take a you know a three hundred and fifty to five hundred thousand dollar offense, whatever the minimum is for offensive coordinator, without having a significant level of influence. You know what I mean? Of course. I mean that's exactly so, why I said it. I mean, there's no way he's Frank Reich isn't Mike Lafleur's replacement. And if he comes in, you got to give him the title, like I said, of assistant head coach, which creates other problems, but it's also something that maybe the Jets need. You know, and I understand that Rob Sala has to have a connection to the guy because we've seen stuff like that blow up in teams' faces before. Like right here with the Jets. The Jets with Greg Williams. I mean, you know, and I know that, you know, Adam Gase wasn't a great head coach. We understand that. But when you got a, a, a you know, Shankopotamus over there and Greg Williams is ready to <laughs> stab you in the back every single second, I mean, that's not a great environment to work in either. But, you know, I also, I, I, I'm sorry, I got to ask the question, but has Rob Sala earned, has he earned the right <laughs> to be able to be that influential in this hiring process? Because it's not like he is someone that we're looking at as a pillar of stability with the Jets organization you know as will, it is. I will say this. I, I, I will predict this. They have another losing record next year. He will not be here. Oh, of course not. He will not be yeah. here. I mean, you know, the futility when it comes to making the playoffs and having the longest route in the NFL up when it comes to making the playoffs, there's going to be a lot of pressure on this group to get it right this year. A lot of pressure. Yeah, I mean, and there's there's no doubt. And I think that Joe Douglas, too, depending on how this draft goes, but I think that that's going to be a conversation. I think I would keep Joe Douglas. I think he's made more good draft choices than not, and he's put this team in a position to succeed next year. But, yeah, of course. I mean, there's... Everything that we were talking about that was good about Rob Sala when they were there at seven and four. It, it's every, still there. It's all still there. It, right. It is all still there. But then all the bad things that we saw in the uh, last year kind of came to roost. Now, there's reasons for that. But how many times have we talked about coaches who step up in those situations and then end up showing you why they're a good coach. I mean, I'll even throw, even though not a lot of people believe he's a great coach, but at the time when Dak Prescott went down, the first before even Cooper Rush played a game, you said this is where Mike McCarthy could show Jerry Jones that he is the guy. Yes. That's that, right there. How many times do we have to talk about Kyle Shanahan? How about John, how about John Harbaugh? Right, John Harbaugh, another one. Like these quarterbacks going down left and right. 
So there, there's examples of teams that keep it together when those injuries are there, and the Jets didn't even come close to keeping you it know, together. I, I would actually say that Lovey Smith, even though he's not the head coach, he used to name more and he got fired. Uh, you know, he decided like the last month of the season, let's do a little bit of alternating with the quarterbacks and let's see what happens. Yeah, and it turned out to be a, a brilliant move for them. They lost the number one overall draft pick, but you know they started. They actually started moving the ball and started playing well and did different things with different, you know, with Jeff Driscoll and with Davis Mills, and somehow they made it work. And they were scoring touchdowns. At least they were scoring touchdowns. Well, that's right. That that's another example. I mean, I'm not saying that the Jets need to be the Texans, but how many times you turn on an NFL game and you're seeing an offense be better than the Jets? The Jets had the worst offense, hands down. This year, well, in the, the last, last month, yeah, in the, the last, last month. month, it was actually the worst we'd seen in 20 years. That's how bad it was. So, for those who are talking about, you know, Mike Lafleur, does he a scapegoat? Everything else. I mean, there are there are statistics here and examples of just you know the injuries aren't a good enough excuse. Uh, They're just not. I don't know. I mean, when when your quarterback's playing with five broken ribs. And you keep him out there, and then you put him back out there when he can't go out there initially. Then you put him back out there against Seattle again. The well, they game. messed up with the quarterback I, I, position. I, 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 and that. again, I don't. I you know, I don't know. Should that have been, you know, Joe Flacco? Should that have been Zach Taylor? I mean, uh, uh, Zach Wilson? I don't know. I, I just the, the 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 bottom line is their quarterback situation is it's a mess. It is an absolute mess, and I could I could make an argument that it may be the worst in the NFL. If in fact Zach Wilson can come back and do something, then you got to think about okay, now what what is our quarterback room going to look like next year? Yeah, and that's a question that I don't think anybody in that building even knows right now. I mean, they're talking a, a mean game about keeping Zach Wilson around, but we will see as the off season goes on. But if you keep Zach Wilson around, are you bringing Mike White back? No, I told you yesterday that I would not. I would I would have another veteran quarterback for sure. I'd bring in somebody else. Uh, but I don't think you can if you're keeping Zach Wilson. I, I, if you're going to go in a different direction, I'd have Mike White as your backup for sure if Zach's not on the roster. But if you're committed to Zach Wilson, having Mike White around is just you can't you just can't do it now with everything that went down. So then, so then the question is is who, what veteran quarterback? Yeah. You know, and depends on what this a, a guy that you bring in here. It's got to be able to wrap his head around the fact that he is the backup player and the support player for Zach Wilson and that the organization's got to say, look, and, I, and it's hard to do this with players because players want to play. I don't care what anybody says. You know, a guy that, you know, you would think that could make sense if it, only if Zach Wilson is your unabashed starter as you get ready to start the season. Yeah. Would be a guy like Andy Dalton. If you can convince Andy that, look, you're the backup, you're the guy that's coming in here, and you're supporting Zach Wilson. Because Andy is not a, you know, his personality is such that he's a team guy all the way. He's team first all the way. It's not about him playing. Now, he may think after some success that he had with New Orleans that he still can be a starting quarterback in this league. I don't necessarily know that is that the type of thing that you want in here. But then again, like I said, he's a low-key, easy to get along with, great guy that everybody really likes on their team. And maybe he's the guy that comes in and helps Zach Wilson transition to being the player that they think that they have. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, Boomer and Geo on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. Jerry Recco calling a Rutgers basketball game late night in Chicago last night. It means that CeeLo is with us today, the great Crystal Presti. CeeLo, good morning. What do you got over there, Good man? morning. Brought to you by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Also brought to you by H.L. Gross Jewelers. Shop H.L. Gross in Garden City or at hlgross.com. All right, yes, so what's sir. going on in here this morning? I mean, I see all these. You, know, you got your hockey ranger T-shirt on. Love that T-shirt, yeah. by the way. And you got your fish sticks jersey on. That's What's right. What's going on with the fish sticks jersey? Well, I will tell you the truth. All right. So I, uh, I got a that jersey. I got a. Uh, <laughs> I, I love the jersey. Al had his Islanders beanie on this morning. Yeah, what's going on? Everybody loves hockey. Around That's here. right. Um, so there was a shirt that Flag and Anthem sent me that I really liked, and I put it on a couple of months ago. Couldn't fit into it. So I was like, man, you know, when I lose a couple pounds, I want to wear this shirt. So I did. Just beginning of January, lost weight. I'm like, you know, I'm going to try this shirt on today. So like in the haze of like four o'clock in the morning, I put the shirt on. I'm like, yeah, this fits. This is fine. <laughs> so then I get here and I'm like, let me just check one more time. So I go into the bathroom mirror and I look like I've got a sausage casing on me. You know, <laughs> oh, like man boobs sticking out. Just horrible. Right. So I'm like, well, what do I do now? Like what? what? So I said, oh, that's right. I got this Islander jersey. So I'll throw the Islander jersey over the shirt and it'll be great. So that's that's the reason why I'm wearing it. Collar popping out. Yeah. This, is, this is the shirt. Underneath. I thought maybe tonight was the night. I know I heard recently you said the Islanders are hosting you soon. I thought that maybe is tonight for the are game against tonight? the Wild. I'm not going tonight. Right. I'm going Friday, January 27th. Oh, you are okay. against the Red Wings. Yep. Okay. So excited for You're that. Going to wear that fish sticks jersey? I may. I yeah. may. I'll either wear this or the Clark Gillies jersey. This has my name on the back, which is a little strange. So I'll probably wear the Clark Gillies jersey. 
out of respect for our Didn't buddy Didn't they Clark. get you a home blue with your name on it as well? Yes, but I had to give that away at a charity oh. event. Ah, oh, gotcha. Yeah. That's very nice. It's just fine. Did you sign it, I assume? I did, yes. Very, very yeah, sign it, give it away. It was the uh, Matt, no, not the Matt Martin. Well, it was the Matt Martin. It was the Matt Martin. Yeah, the Matt yeah. Martin uh, poker event. Poker event. Yeah, that's Beautiful. right. So good job out of you. Yeah. All right, CeeLo, what's going on in sports? All right, well, you covered Mike LaFleur quite a bit there in the open, as you'd expect, so I gather from what I heard from Boomer, you're not buying any of the narratives that have been put out there? That have what been are the narratives? Mutual, and that other teams were calling, and uh, I believe conversation it's, yeah. with him. And yeah, well, I, I think there's no way that Rob Sal wanted to fire him. They're buddies. Right. So let's just take the pressure off, and maybe he goes to him and says, hey, you know what, if you really need me to go, I'll just go, and I, I have other opportunities, mm -hmm. and you know, I'll, I'll just jump on one of those and get out of here. So you expect him to be on a staff somewhere? Oh, yeah, 100%. Not yeah. as a coordinator, though? I don't, I don't know. Maybe, you awesome. never know. Look, if you take a look at all the guys that get fired, they all have something in common. What is their quarterback situation like? Bad. I mean, whether it be a head coach or an offensive coordinator, they'll have quarterback quandaries. Maybe the only one that didn't have that going into the season would have been Nathaniel Hackett with Russell Wilson. Mm. But that turned out to be a disaster. But the last two weeks under Jerry Rossberg and him changing the way that they do things out there, they got the best out of Russell Wilson. They did. And we'll see if that carries over next year and who they hire. I mean, that's going to be a huge deal. Um, and they've got the money to do it. The Walmart money, baby. And, you know, David Tepper has the money to do it down in Carolina. I just can't, I can't imagine, you know, like Sean Payton's out there playing everybody right now. And what's going on with the Rams? We still don't know what's going on with the Rams. I think I think that Sean McVay is going to be stepping away. We should be hearing something in the next couple of days. And if that guy steps away, then, you know, Kroenke's got billions. He's another one that could go after Sean, uh, Sean Payton. But I don't know. I guess you'd take it because you're hoping that you got a healthy Matthew Stafford coming back. At least that's a starting point for you. Yeah, I mean, and where's Cooper Cup at with his health coming off of... Uh... You know, pretty significant injury. So I know you. Where does Odell Beckham Jr. sign this off? <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> I thought he was going to sign during the season. Wow, that didn't happen, did it? We'll get to him a little later in the morning as we've got the body cam footage and audio from him getting yanked off the plane in November. I don't know if either oh, of you have a chance I didn't to see, see this. That. No, no. Okay. Well, that, I guess was that a late night thing, Al? Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. So we'll filter through all that and bring you some of the particulars. And Boomer, I know you mentioned this yesterday with uh, the McVeigh situation with the other coaches being given permission to go elsewhere. You saw the offensive coordinator went back to Kentucky, right? Here we go. Yeah, it's starting, it's starting to unravel out there in, in so, L.A. Yeah, we'll see what happens. As far as the but Giants he might, go... He might, you know what? He may be doing this just to get let everybody get out of there and then start over with a new coaching staff. You never know. He may he, he could be that diabolical. Wow, that would be something else. That would else. be wild, yeah. Yeah, so he doesn't fire any of his guys and just leave. With a bad situation as far as draft picks and a cap situation and an aging roster. He's going to get rid of a gut their, gut their coaching staff? Could. You never huh. know. I mean, listen, he's, I've told you, this league eats themselves, man. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Sure. Day one of practice prep in the books for the Giants in advance of Sunday's wild card game against the Vikings. A little bit of a uh, new angle from the media with Brian Dable yesterday asked if his Giants are playing with house money as they head into these playoffs. Yeah, I'd say we're 0-0. It's a new season, so you know, we got to do a good job of 
preparing and practicing the right way to, to play our best on Sunday. He wasn't going to take that one. Obviously, these two teams met not long ago. What did Dable learn about Justin Jefferson first time around? That he's really good, but <laughs> we knew that going in. So, again, I, I said this before when we played him. There's not a lot of players, a lot of teams that can just stop him. And they certainly didn't in the second half of that first game. Jefferson, of course, had the key play to set up the game-winning field goal on Christmas Eve. Here's Daniel Jones prepping for the first playoff game of his NFL career. Will he be any more nervous than usual? You get excited. You get you know some nerves going into a game and yeah, I expect to, to have some of that, for sure. I think, you know, we all do. Back to the defensive side, if they could somehow get a Dory Jackson back for this game, you would imagine that yeah. might be able to help. Limited yesterday, sounds like it's still up in the air. And, the, yeah, the beat writers said that uh, Aziz Ojolari and Leonard Williams look like a go, but they're not as confident in a Dory Jackson at this point. They haven't ruled him out, but right. it felt it just felt like he's if, what, if someone's going to miss the game, it's going to be him. Now, Xavier McKinney said he's going to be out there, but that seemed like maybe just trying to channel some positivity as you look ahead towards the weekend. So certainly a status to keep an eye on as we move forth with the injury report rest of the way. Speaking of injuries, the Dolphins did officially rule out Tuba Vailoa for their playoff game with the Bills, prepping to start Scott Tyler Thompson as Teddy Bridgewater is still uh, dealing with this pinky situation. So you went from nine and a half to 13 as far as so the this would be the, this would be the biggest upset of the weekend. Oh, no doubt about it. Is Skylar Thompson the worst quarterback to ever start an NFL playoff game? Probably not. He's a third string quarterback. That was thrust into action, not like a third string quarterback that like like Brock Purdy, who ended up being the backup, but yeah. like who thrust in and had success. We're talking about a third string quarterback who has ne- really not had any success. True. He's their third option. How oh, many shit. times does a third string quarterback start a playoff game? McLaughlin is. McLaughlin is. That's right. Matt, Matt, Mc, Mc, Matt McLoin was in a playoff game? Yes. For Derek Carr. Was that game against in the Houston. Texans? In yeah. Houston, yes. That's right. Now, he was the backup, though. He was the so backup. So, I'll bring you again. The third, yeah. the third option. McCluffinus is a good one, though, actually. Yeah. McCluffinus <laughs> probably was the answer prior to Skylar Thompson. We'll see how he plays. How did McCluffinus play in that game? It was against the Texans, who were also starting a backup. Oh. And it was just a terrible. Oh, it was a no. brutal game. Yeah, yeah, it was the early no. game on a Saturday, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> McLaughlinus. They would have put it on ESPN Plus if that was an option at the time. <laughs> that kid, McLaughlinus. I'm uh, reading that Tavares Jackson once started a playoff game for the Vikings. Yeah, he got. It was against the Eagles, right, in Minnesota. He got body slammed in that game. He threw a pick six, and then on the way back, and God rest his soul, he's passed away, yeah. Tavares Jackson. Yes, in a I car accident. Yeah. But he got body slammed on the way back from that pick six. It was, it was just. But you, know, so, by, you know why that happens, though? That happens because these kids aren't on the field a lot. Yeah. And when they get out there on the field, they find themselves in positions that they can't even imagine how they got themselves in that situation. And by the way, Tavares Jackson, they they drafted him. They wanted him to start. He was the starter. They ended up playing him for a majority of the season, and he was okay. So, like, my point is that, you know, that's who they wanted to start that game. The Dolphins don't want Skylar Thompson to start that game. And if the other two guys were healthy, they'd pick two guys over him. So, yes, Tavares Jackson wasn't any good, but... What about this other one, Vikings-related? Joe Webb started a playoff oh, game. Yes. yeah, that's a... You know what, you're right. That's a good one. That's Let me a just, good one. Before we get too far away really from McClutherness, by the way. Yeah. He was the backup and was going to play, but I guess was banged up. So he actually didn't play in that game against the Texans. They went to a rookie third stringer. 
in that ball game. Connor Cook. So oh, McLaughlin is didn't play. The kid on Michigan State. McLaughlin is. Wow, that's right. And yeah. Brock Osweiler was the quarterback that oh, day for the oh Texans. My God. <laughs> All right, so I mean, listen, it's debatable. Here was Connor Cook's line, and I'll be quiet. Eighteen of forty-five for one hundred and sixty-one yards, a touchdown, and three interceptions. Hey, at least he can say to his friends, "I completed eighteen passes out of forty-five yeah, for a buck sixty-one. Played. Good for him! Wow, that's a bad one. Yeah, twenty-seven <laughs> fourteen Texans. What is the long-term prognosis for Tua Tagovailoa, though? I said to Al, I, I don't know, because Al was all, I can't, I can't root for the Bills. And I'm like, so you're rooting for the Dolphins to pick off the Bills, so right. then you can get Skyler Thompson. You can't root for the yeah, Bills. He's like, I can't. He's like, I just can't get behind on something I don't like about him. What do you not like about Josh Allen? And then of course Demar Hamlin. I kind of, I brought him back around. So we settled on this. He's rooting for a close game, but oh. doesn't doesn't want the Dolphins to win in advance because then they would go to Arrowhead next week. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. That's so Al like. That's just so on brand Al. Like the rest of the country is like, yeah, it would be really nice if the Bills won the Super Bowl. I was like, I can't get behind this team. There's something about him. I just can't. Stand. He's like, yeah, Josh Allen's not doing it for me. Like, what? What's Josh not doing Allen's it? not doing it for you. No. Then he was. Then he tried to. He goes with this. He goes, yeah, something about it. he's too good. And I'm like, but you love Patrick Mahomes. What's the difference? So who is doing it for you, by the way, Al? Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> okay, of course. Back wise. <laughs> did you watch those two play in the playoffs against each other? I did. Yeah. Okay. How about your boy Joe Burrow? No, nah, he doesn't do it for me either. Oh. <laughs> you didn't what? like his quote after the game on Sunday. But they asked him about whether the window was open for the Bengals right now, and he, the window's open for my whole career. Always open. A lot of confidence. I like it, man. I like Tom Brady still. <laughs> Ryan Lindley for the Cardinals yes. in 2015. See, there have been some bad ones. Wow. Yeah, we forget. And that's just in the last 10 years or right. so. So Skylar Thompson is now in that conversation. He's on the list, yeah. Yeah, he's definitely on the yeah, list. For sure. <laughs> Uh, by the way, you might get Anthony Brown for the Ravens uh, as well. Yeah, this I know. Yeah. Tyler Huntley. Another, yeah, it's another third Lamar straight Jackson quarterback. Definitely doesn't seem like he's part of Seven quarterbacks are making their first playoff start. Yeah, let's about, add another about, NFL game to the schedule, guys, <laughs> so we can have fourth string quarterbacks starting playoff games. How about uh, still, you know, network's paying for it. Hey, uh, the oldest quarterback in the AFC right now in the playoffs is Patrick Holmes at 27. Yeah. Who's never played a road playoff game other than a Super Bowl, by the way, which True. is a neutral site game. Yeah. That's we have to impressive. play another neutral site game. That's in right. The AFC Championship. That's game. very possible. All right, let's get to the game of the night on the hardwood, shall we? And that was out in Riverside, California. Yep, that's right. Late last night, as Cal Baptist blew a six point lead late in the final 248, lost to Utah Valley 71 67. So the 11 game heater for your boy Eddie B, the picks jockey has unfortunately come to an end. Yeah, and they were up three with 20 seconds right. to go. Six, but 248. Three right, with how many, how many seconds? 20 seconds. Look right here. Look yeah. at this. Up to 20 seconds to go. Watch this three-pointer here. Look at this. Deep. Step Who back. is that kid? Oh, my God. Who is that kid? Bang. A lot of folks. A lot of... A lot, a lot of people at the game. Yeah. The crowd. Man, who was that kid from Utah Valley State hitting that shot? Oh, Get him in the transfer portal. Yeah, it really was a shame. He did say he wasn't as confident. He did. He did seem like he was on the right side of it for a majority of the night. I looked at his mentions because I was curious to see what people were saying. 
and everybody's still on him and positive and wants to get his next pick. Well, so one loss out of you know eleven and yeah. one, still pretty good. Exactly. So and the game went off as a pick. I mean, they lost by four. It was close. And he influenced the line, by the way. I know. Because one of one that. and a half was his number. Yeah. So yeah. it's a it's really amazing what's going on. So people still want Eddie the picks jockey, and his follower count is now over five thousand. So we'll continue to ride with him for a little bit and see how he goes. And he's also very entertaining. So you can't win them all. And he did say wasn't as confident in this one. And he did pick Rutgers over Purdue yes. a little while ago, too. And that's Eight and a half all that stuff is on his Twitter account. It checks out. So he really was on that 11-game heater. So we'll keep it going with him. Speaking of Rutgers, can I give you Jerry from last sure, night? Sure, a good road win for the Scarlet Knights. Down one late. Down to 20 seconds. Okay, he gets a screen from Lamori. Finds Spencer wide open for three in the lead. Good! And Rutgers back in front, 63-62. Six point three of the night for Cam Spencer. 12 seconds to go. Bowie right side. Lost the ball. Kicked around. Bodies flying for it. We're going to get a jump ball. And Rutgers will get it with the arrow. With 6.9 to go. Spencer, Mr. Big Shot Maker. Big Shot Taker. Who's this guy that he's doing it with now? Austin something. He was the guy who stepped all over him during that oh, one call. He was dying to get that little Austin Johnson in there. I think it's Austin Johnson is all the right. guy. Well, that was another big three there for uh, Spencer. He finished six of seven from three, and Rutgers finished off a 65-62 road win over the Wildcats to improve to 12-5. and five. As for the Knicks, they got R.J. Barrett back at home against the Pacers. He was busy, but once again, it was Jalen Brunson leading the way as he finished with 34 points. Barrett had 27. Julius Ramble, uh, Randall, rather, a double-double, and the Knicks won it 119-113. Brunson, however, afterwards not satisfied a little too close for comfort. I can't turn the ball over, I guess. We got to keep our foot on the gas. We got to stay uh, aggressive. Uh, still by playing smart, but being aggressive. And um, a lot of things I could have done a lot better to uh, make sure we won that a little more comfortably. He said I can't turn the ball over. He had one turnover. In the <laughs> yeah, I know. He's Taking uh, responsibility. Yeah. He's I a mean, leader. He's amazing, man. His his last five games, he's, he's averaging like 33 points. And he's Killing controlling it. the team. And, you know, the other thing, too, is this Quentin Grimes kid. Yeah. It's really, this players. is the point where, like, you know, you got young kids, you're developing them. And that's what you want. You want to see that. I mean, I just, I don't know how far they're going to go, but you know what? They come back after a tough loss to Milwaukee and beat an Indiana team that they should have beaten. Yeah, four and a half point favorite. Got it done. They were blowing them out. Got a little dicey in the fourth quarter, but uh, were able to make the plays. Did Halliburton and Zerbiak get in a fight? No, I didn't that's see that. Now. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Funny that that was the rejoin that we just heard, the Odell Beckham Jr. one-handed catch. An old Giants highlight that everybody remembers because there's the body cam video of Odell Beckham Jr. refusing to get off that plane a few weeks back. And you don't have, of course, the initial interaction between the flight attendants and Odell Beckham Jr. because the flight attendants don't wear body cams. It all picks up from when the cops have to come on the plane. And that's where you start to see things. And basically, he's just not cooperating. He's on his phone. He's looking down at his phone, does not want to put his seatbelt on, refuses to put his seatbelt on, has the hood up. And they say, all right, if you're not going to put your seatbelt on, you have to leave the plane. And then he still refuses to leave the plane. And then they say, okay, if you're not going to leave the plane, then we have to deplane everybody. So he goes, okay, that's fine. So then everybody has to pack up, get all of their bags from the little cubbies and everything else and get off the plane. And then someone says something to him about either, you know, saying that this is ridiculous, I have to be somewhere or something along the lines of that they needed this plane to leave on time. And he yells at that passenger. He goes, that bleep don't mean nothing to me. And then they get everybody off the plane. So it's not, does not look good for Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, this body cam footage. And clearly something happened prior to that that we don't see for them to go and get the police officers to come to get him off the plane. Yeah, well, I, you know, there's no way the flight attendants want to get involved with passengers. There's no way the, air, uh, the, the pilot wants to get involved with passengers. And certainly, like, when you're calling the police to come onto the plane to take somebody off the plane... It's the last thing they want to do, too. Right, exactly. It's like, the, he's not a victim. He's not a target. He's not a victim. No, 100% no. He basically created a, a firestorm of, of a situation that ended up impacting however many other people were on that plane. And, you know, if you were on that plane or I were on that plane and this happened, we'd be pissed. Of course. Of course we would. Yeah, especially because this is a guy who thinks he's above everything else. I mean, and this is the question I would have for Odell Beckham Jr. or anybody that is defending him. If Odell Beckham Jr. is just sitting there with his hood up, puts his seatbelt on when they ask him to, what happens then? Nothing. They take off, right. and that's the end of it. Exactly. So you're telling me that he was they targeted him, or this is so unfair? But or, who thinks they targeted him? Well, all the people that were supporting him when this thing happened. You heard all that side of things. You know, like, and then he, he said it, too. You know, this is comedy hour. This never happened to me. I've never seen this. You know, I mean, he, he was he was saying the same stuff. Yeah, well, I, I just, again, I find it really hard to believe that, you know, most flight attendants, I would think, would know who he is and would actually engage him and talk to him. And it'd be great to have him on the plane. Oh, that, of that, that's why I know that's what happens like with me. If somebody recognizes me or something like that and they're working at the galley or whatever, they're really nice and. They go out of their way, and I don't know, it's just, it's always a pleasant situation. Yeah. Uh, Seal is going to have some of this audio for you. Hopefully it's clean. The audio that I saw is not the cleanest, but he'll have some of that uh, coming up a little bit later. But yeah, I mean, this I is... Know, what if I've been on a... I don't know how many flights I've been on in the last 30 years. I mean, probably... <laughs> a thousand? More than that. It's got to be more than that. 
Uh, in the last about, 30 years? About a thousand. Well, you, you say, if you said I was on 15 flights a year. Okay. <clears throat> What's that then? I don't know. I can't do math in my head. I have no it's shot. Probably, you know, it's probably you know, like 500 flights. It's 15 flights a year and 30. And Four, 30. It's 450. Yeah, there you go. Okay. All right. So maybe you're right. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I, I, and I've never, ever, once, ever had an issue with any flight attendant, any pilot, ever. No, of course not. The only time, like, I've had pilots come out and say, hey, I'm a huge Cincinnati fan or whatever. I remember you back in the day, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But I've never had an issue with anybody. Right. And, and, and this went from, hey, sir, put your seatbelt on to cops being on the plane. And people deplaning. And you're right about it. Nobody wants to do this. The flight attendants don't want to talk to them about it. The cops don't want to have to get on the plane. The captain doesn't want to deal with this crap. Nobody wants to deal with it. Now, I've been on a plane where, you know, they do the whole thing where they make the announcement. You know, turn your phones off, this, that, the other thing. Here are your safety regulations and all that other stuff. And I have been on my phone. Yeah. After that announcement, mm -hmm. and I've been asked to, you know, Mr. Sison, can you please put your phone down and, you know, as we get ready to take off? Yeah. You know, I, and, I've, and I've turned it off. You know, right. like Airplane oh, mode, that's it. Whatever, yes. So I, I've had those issues, but never to the point where, you know, we're going back to the gate to get everybody else off the freaking plane because you're acting like an ass. Right. <laughs> no, 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 I'm right. sorry. This never happened. Right, but it's the airline's fault. It's not Odell Beckham Jr.'s fault. Uh, right? It's always, you know, like this, this whole... Like victim thing and everything. You gotta be kidding me. Alright. God. Alright, Boomer and Geo coming to you live from the Bill Ford Tough Studio on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. Of course, the free Odyssey app as well. Did you watch the Carlos Correa press conference yesterday? I did, yes. Him, Scott Boris, the twins, everybody's happy. Big hugs. He's got his twins jersey on. He said it was a crazy process, but he ended up where he really wanted to be. Well, he got $200 million for six uh, years guaranteed. Bull and, you know, crap. And the interesting thing is, is that, you know, Scott Boris, we're not here to... Uh, discount physicians and, and their points of view. But, you know, Carlos also said, you know, there are some doctors that said I'm fine and other doctors say, um, you know, there's a there's a question mark. The bottom line is he ended up signing a deal for less than both the Giants and the Mets offered and also what the Twins offered right at the you know outset of free agency. Yep. So there's obviously a concern on everybody's part about his ankle. And like I was saying when this whole thing really started to hit, that he was going to, he and Boris were going to have to realize that the business side of baseball is telling them that, you know, we can't sign this long-term deal and get insurance for it. So therefore, it's going to have to be a certain amount of years and it's going to have to come with some sort of specific language that protects the team over the final six years of the contract that the Mets offered. And, you know, basically that's what he assigned with the Twins. He just got more money within the first six years from the Twins than either of the two teams. That's right. And I think that, you know, when the Mets put out their statement yesterday, it was just like we weren't able to work out a deal. We wish Carlos Correa a ton in the future. And I heard Craig and Evan yesterday talking about, you know, did the Mets fan or did the Mets owe the Mets fan 
more of an explanation as to what happened. We know what happened. And I do believe we do know what happened is the fact that they just weren't willing to make that extra commitment with guaranteed money from what we saw or what they saw with the medical report. Vajankle. The vajankle, right. I mean, they, they went in there, they saw that MRI and said, this man has a vajankle and we cannot give him all this money. And Steve Cohen wanted Carlos Correa on this team as much as all of us did. I mean, he was the one who made that deal in Hawaii. He gave a quote to John Eamon. This puts us over the top. This was the missing piece. Everybody's buying tickets. So he wanted to make this happen. He did. But he did not feel like it was the right decision. So, I mean, that to me is a good quality. If Steve Cohen were to say, screw it, I don't care if this guy snaps his leg in 15 pieces and then we're paying him for 12 years for nothing, that would not be a good owner. Hey, so he was uh, with three teams, the Twins, the Giants, and the Mets. All three teams came down with the same, I don't want to say assumption, but I guess the same kind of uh, agreement that the back end of this contract, when he gets to the age of 40, there's a very good chance he's not going to see the end of that contract. Right. And they all three teams came down with the same idea. Yeah, I wanted to know, I would ask Carlos Correa, what doctor said you were okay because you ended up taking like $150 million less guaranteed than what you started out with. So I would have gone and find that doctor that said that you were all right to try to recoup some of that money. Doesn't sound like any doctor thought he was all right. Well, $200 million over six years is nothing to sneeze at. Sure. And good for him. And that's how the twins were able to get him because the Mets had offered, what, 157 and a half million, all guaranteed for six years. And then the second half of the contract was going to come along with contractual, uh, you know, I guess amendments and things in that nature. And he would have to live up to it. And he was unwilling to bet on himself. That's right. That's the other thing you got to remember. He was unwilling to bet on himself. If you really wanted to be here, they offered him a fair contract. And the second half of that contract, depending on how that was going to be written, you know, he didn't want to go down that path. And I don't blame him. And plus, you said it yesterday, and I think it's really important to understand that that $200 million over six years, the MLBPA is happy about that. Oh, yeah. And I, this is what I'd love to know, because you say he was unwilling to bet on himself. I really wonder if that's what it appears at face value. I really wonder if he got him in a room, no microphones, be candid. If he was willing to bet on himself, he would have preferred to go to the Mets and have that opportunity to make that money if he stayed healthy. But the pressure from the agent, the pressure from the union to set a new precedent saying that, hey, we're going to give you half guaranteed and half not guaranteed because you're going to get up into your late 30s and 40s. And now all of a sudden, every general manager tries to write a contract like that. He caved to that pressure. I would also think that being in the Mets lineup, given who the Mets have in their lineup, would have been better for him as well. Right. now, And he would have been playing third base. Exactly. And I'm sure that he would have rather been a Met, but he could not have taken that contract. I mean, just like... The bad precedent was set with the Deshaun Watson contract with the Browns and all guaranteed and all of that. And that's probably it is the thing, actually, not probably that's holding up the Lamar Jackson deal. Just like that bad precedent was set for the owners there. Carlos Correa could not set that bad precedent for the players in Major League Baseball because, you know, once that contract is on the books, more general managers are going, hey, look, Carlos Correa took a deal like that. Why can't you? So what we're going to do now is, you're 27 years old, all right, we're comfortable paying you guaranteed money till you're 33 years old, and the rest of it, because you're going to be in decline, we're going to write stuff in there that it's not guaranteed, and if you get hurt and you're not any good, you're not going to get all the money. 
No way is the strongest union in sports, the Major League Baseball Players Union, going for any of that. That's true. So, look, you know, it'll be interesting to follow Carlos Correa over the next six years to see what happens. Yeah. No, I mean, and see whether or not he lives up to this contract and whether or not he has his 45 home runs, which he won't, and his 125 RBIs, which he won't. Yeah, that's I right. Because you know, that's the kind of money you're paying him. Sure. You're paying him to be the bell cow to, to carry the team. And, you know, especially that team out there, well, they have success because they're in that division. But I would say that if you were in the lineup with the Mets and playing third base, your chances of longevity are a lot better. Yeah. And I think the protection in your lineup, although the Twins are, don't have a bad lineup, but I think the lineup for the Mets would have been a much better spot for him. But ultimately it came down to the difference between $157.5 million and $200 million for the first six years. That's right. So I told you I was listening to Craig and Emmett talk about this because the WFA and Instagram had put up a video and on Twitter as well of them talking about Correa. So I watched that. I also watched this other video of Tiki and Tierney yesterday where Tiki was talking about the Giants going on a run and he said that he can see them in the NFC Championship game. That's what he said. Which is, hey, that's a that's a great take by Tiki. People are going to agree. People are going to disagree. I thought it was interesting him being him and playing the game, being a Giants guy, you know, what, what he had to say. However, on the screen, the text on the screen. On what screen? Meaning like the video of Tiki. Okay. As I'm oh, watching on my it's phone. On the Instagram. On the Instagram uh, video. Okay. Text on the video that they put on there. All right. Tiki says Giants can go to AFC Championship. Oh, God, come on. Now, that sentence in itself doesn't make any sense because you don't go to, like, when you say, I've got to go, like, you were talking about your travel the other day. Yes. You said, I've got to go to the AFC Championship game. Yes. You don't go, we're broadcasting live from the AFC Championship. We're going to the AFC Championship. You don't do that. You're going to the AFC Championship. So, right there, that doesn't make any sense. And obviously, the biggest one is that the Giants are in the NFC. All right, so not only does it say AFC Championship on the Instagram, on the text on the screen, in the caption, someone puts the same thing. Well, how the hell does Izzo let that go out there? I don't know. Is that Izzo's fault, Al? I don't know whose fault it is. Al, is that Izzo's fault? I'm not sure who uh, does that one. uh, We have a whole team. Is it Chichester? I'm not even sure I've met G. Chester. Right. But he was here the other day. Yeah, that I don't know. Comes in like once a, once a week. Or was something. that Spike just now? It was. It was yeah, yeah. Was oh, he yeah, about this? Uh, hey, yeah. Oh, bad vegan. All right. He, so uh, what did he say? Well, he said that he was going to have the digital team highlight all of the mistakes you make on the air. Since you're airing out the one mistake they've made. Over hundreds of videos. Oh, wait, hundreds but, of oh, time yes. out. Hold on a second. Oh, boy. Oh, the here difference here is when you're live on the air and you make mistakes, that happens in real time. You go and correct them. If you're so much of a dummy that you have to type something out and it goes up on the screen, then in the caption, and you don't go back there and fix it, and it sits up there all day, that's a different story. That is, is a it not? Different. And plus, the A and the N are pretty far away from each other right. on a keyboard. So you can't say that it was a mistake, a keyboard mistake. Somebody actually wrote AFC as opposed to NFC. Right. And then this is the other thing, too. So this is what you do when you're typing that out. You type it out. Okay, let me take a look. Let me double check. Let me make sure. All right, I'll send it out now that it's right. When you're sitting here talking live on the air, sometimes you look things up. Sometimes you don't know. It's happening live. You're not writing it down and then hitting send 
We don't sit here and think and go, all right, time out. Let me take five minutes. All right, everything's good. Double check. Now I'm going to talk. That's not the way it works. So you cannot compare the live on the air stuff to the digital stuff. Oh, yeah, but he did. So right. is this, so which is, is this, wrong. So yeah. is this uh, is those fault? Uh, whose fault is it? I want to know who's who's responsible for this. I'm not sure. There's a whole digital team. Where are they? We win as a team. We lose as a team. Well, digital team. Digital. Digital. <laughs> is Chicken Parm Lute ahead of that? But it's still up there, though, is the issue. That's the like, point. It's still, still there. hanging there. It's still hanging on the thing. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I saw it yesterday, and I'm like, oh, man, somebody will fix that. And then nobody fixed it. And yeah, nobody fixed it. Nobody fixed it. It's still there. Who I want to know who actually controls that part of what we do. <laughs> I mean, you control our morning show account, right? Oh, yes, that I do, yeah. You have that. You have Al's boring tweets. You, you control that. Yes, sir. Okay, so, so who, can, so who, who did is this? it then? Who did this? It's got it's a multi layer process too, by the it's way. It's a gallo. It's a it's someone who put it up there, then it's someone who approved it, and then it's someone who's supposed to make sure everything is okay and then didn't. All right, so multi layer. So the problem. Multi layer. Yeah, you got it, the bureaucracy around here. It's just just get rid of everybody and just have one person responsible for it. So here we he know goes. Where to go. Here he goes now. Here he goes. Now he has oh, to come. Here in. we go. Now he oh has to come. God. In. Here he goes. First of all, your analogy sucked. By What's the way, that? your analogy with the whole situation about oh, he's going to have highlight everything no, the things that we have. No, yes, it, it does. Well, There's a difference between someone typing something out and hitting send. I know you don't do a lot. Of, I know you don't do a lot of thinking before what you talk about in the morning, and that is that's fair. But I think what I would say is that's not your, your perception. First of all, your idea. There's three people that do this. There's the person be. that thinks of it. Then there's the person who posts it. Yeah. And then there's the there's the the person who checks it. Yeah. So you think for every post, yes. you look around here and you see a digital staff of people where there's one person that thinks of it, <laughs> one person that posts it, and then another person that proves reasons. It's just like a, an assembly line of digital well, people. Well, let me ask you this. I know this. I know, let me just say real yeah. quickly, yeah. I'll let you guys get back into your argument. Yeah. So your assessment of us thinking that we see a digital team around here is completely wrong. We don't see, we see our guy, you know, at Gallo. He's well, he's here. part of it. Yeah, and every now and again, you know, Izzo pops in. Right. You know, he's uh, been adopted by the afternoon show, whatever. But I'm just saying, <laughs> I, I just want to know whose fault it is. Is it, da- is it Gallo? Is it Izzo? Because if it's Gallo, then we'll hold him accountable. We win as a team, first of all. I don't see you guys going... Boy, every other day when they produce 15 videos that promote your show, Mm -hmm. that make you more famous, that make you more money every single day. We don't get a lot of views on these things. When there's not an error, I don't see you. There's there's not a very big That's not the way the world works, though. Uh, You do understand that, right? Like, we're not going to give people pats on the back for doing something correctly. I mean, we don't barely get any pats on the back around here. Barely ever. Oh, that is a lie. My point is is that when something goes. When your, say something when your ratings came out, yeah. did you get a text message from the program director congratulating you on your ratings? Sure, every week, every week, once a quarter, every quarter, every week, every week. When the ratings come out on Mondays at noon, and you get a text message yeah. from the program director right. telling you if your ratings are good, does that happen every single do week? Do you take your car to the shop when it's running okay? Every single week, you're do not you, the shop. Do you, do you, you take? Shop. Do you take your car to the shop you're when it's running okay? Shop. Well, my point is. Is that You're the, the, whole, the whole world 
things when things go okay, nobody says not anything okay. about it. That, not Our true. whole basis of sports Maybe talk you, radio is that when when things are going well, not interesting. When things get screwed up, they're interesting. So we're not going to sit here every day. So wait and by the way, listen, are you coming Hold in on. here and giving us a compelling segment? If I give the digital again, team a pat again, on the back again, and wrong I, again, are you wrong again? <laughs> when when the Mets supposedly signed Correa yeah. that morning, you did four hours licking the the the. the the body of the owner of the Mets That's because right. something good happened. Right, okay, right? sure. So yeah. it was compelling when something good happened. And let me ask you this. Okay. If the Giants beat the Vikings on yeah, Sunday, they will, yes. which will be good right. for most of the yeah, region, yeah, yeah, right. you will do a show on Monday morning about something good But it's something bad happening to me, for though. You, yes, but even, right. even if you didn't All like right, the Vikings. Fine. But the, the point remains, though, that our digital team works really hard. Uh, nobody really, said that. It's, nobody it's said that. I didn't people. say they didn't work hard. It's it's been, three it's been sitting up there okay. forever. It's three people. You can't edit an Instagram video. It's not how it works. You can't so edit what's go, on So then cover. why isn't it deleted then? And then put back because, up on? I don't know, because it was the overnight, man. It happened in the overnight. They're not just staring at it. Man, I tell you. You make a lot of errors, man. I'm so just we, saying. Of course we do. It's, I'm just saying. Okay, well, right, give me a couple. The digital team's give me not a pointing them out. Give me the a couple. The digital team's... Give I'll me a couple errors. I'm going to have... No, no, no. That's a... No, give me a couple. Uh, you make a lot of errors, and then you sit here, can't for, give an for example. For six months, your commercial breaks happened at the wrong time. But Every that's not, day. That's not an that's error. That's your error. Okay. It's You're a, the that, host. That's a team thing, sure. No. We worked on that. It's a team but it is. Thing. But it is. Oh. And this is what I'm saying about the digital it's team. Someone's got someone's got to stop it. I'm oh. so, all right. No, I'm talking about like statistical errors where someone like if I was like, oh, the Giants are gonna go to the AFC Let's championship. Look at your game. Picks. That's a pick. That's a pick. It's totally oh, different. It's not a fact. One. Picks you are asked me fact. for two. Hold you on. Those me are for bad two. examples. You bad examples. For two. Bad examples. You asked me for two. Bad examples. Those are bad examples. Picks are not facts. Well, they're not, not from you. facts. Not from you, they're not facts. Right? They're not facts for anybody. The right. AFC Championship, the Giants are in the NFC. They're not in the AFC. Now, if I made that mistake and kept saying it for the amount of time that that Instagram post was out, you'd have a point. That's apples well, to apples. So, so every time you make a mistake, you come on the air and you you note to the audience that you if made a I mistake. Made, no, if, if I knew mm. that happens a lot, I correct myself all the time. Mm. I do. Mm. Okay. I mean, I correct myself a lot. If I'm like, hey, that's let me get this. We'll come back from the break and correct it. Fine. I, I'm telling you I do. If you're this is this is what's surprising to me. You asked me you asked me for for errors that you made. I pointed out months of errors that you hold made. Hold on, all right. The and breaks, you blamed everybody. But hold on, no, 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 no. It's, it's really not disappointing. Blame everybody else. You didn't the breaks take, thing. You the didn't breaks, take ownership. Time, hold on. Yeah. The picks is a terrible example. That's not a fact. That's well, not facts. Again, right, they're not facts. They're picks. Nobody can see into the future. You, well, no, you can't. You certainly can't. Right, I know. The right. picks were bad. Fine. Okay. There's been right. other years I've had good picks. This didn't happen. Okay. This, that's not a fact. Okay. You want to tell me that I'm making a mistake not getting to a break on time? Mm -hmm. Okay, fine. Mm -hmm. That that I'll take. Yep. Not a factual error with sports at a sports talk well, station. But it's that still stays an error. That's up there what for your everybody job to is. say. That's what your job is. Well, okay, so right? why are you not as mad at these guys as you are at me over that? Because I don't sit there and tell you every time I have a conversation with them. Like we 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 are in constant was, conversation. Was, I am in constant conversation with the digital team about what they do right and what they do wrong. So constant. how come it took us to highlight this one? If it can constant, because what I don't constant come mean to, you? to you with a list of everything I talk to them. What about? does constant mean to you? I talk to them constantly. So, all right, so constantly with this up for how many hours is not constant?
So the no, constant I, again, stop I for those many hours I didn't that that post was up. Report it back to you. Okay, I, I'm I'm busy fixing what you do wrong, <laughs> which is what a lot, oh, a lot. You yeah. fi- all right? You're 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 sitting here. So that that right there, yep. is that's just you trying to get under my skin. No, you're it's trying true. to fix what I do wrong well, all day long. I'm like what? I don't want to do. I already said a couple of things. Oh, my picks! You're trying to fix my picks, and you're trying to fix me going to break on time. Those are the things you're trying right. to fix. All so I'm just trying to. Have you not cost the team money and bonuses because you're not doing oh, your yeah, things okay. correct? So, so yeah, whose right. fault is it now that we've uh, shot through the start of the break? That's Geo's. He's the host. Uh, well, you came in here and started screaming at everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God almighty. Well, we got to get this thing fixed, Mike. It's embarrassing. That's all. All right, I'm going to leave this show there just to spite you now. I'm sorry. Right. I you can't. got nothing to say to him? I can't. Right. No, not him. Nothing? No, he's perfect. Right, right exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, see. Okay. Just make it sure. By the way, he was as upset about this as I was. I'm sure. I was. I'm, I'm all about quality control around here. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. Just yeah. want the best for all of us. I think you've done nothing. I expect, I expect, I expect, I expect everybody. I expect everybody not, professional. Did they make, make any mistakes? mistakes? Not recently. Absolutely not. No. Been any, not recently? No. Okay. Let's make it sure. All right. Yeah. If you think of any, you can come back in. Okay. With mistakes that Boomer's made that you spend all day trying to fix. Why, why do you try to drag me into this? Yeah. Because he does it. Because this is what program directors do. Yeah. Is what? Is first you go in there and you yell at those guys. I didn't yell. And then then you come in here well, and you go after the, the smaller of the two. But then when it comes up to the like really having some nuts. <laughs> You scurry back oh, into the office. Oh, 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 I gotta get back in my constant communication with the digital team. I can't go after Boomer. Hey, hey, it's a hey, digital team. It's me, Spike again. Remember I talked to you a couple minutes ago? Now, now I'm you can't take con- it, so I'm going at you. I'm not you need take to go it. I did take it. I sat here and I took it. Now yeah. I'm giving it back. There's really no reason to go after me. I'm just a nice guy just sitting here trying to do a radio show, you know? I thought you were the ratings that you're looking for. I try to deliver. That's what we do. Yeah. And then we just want to make sure that we have quality control, that every uh-huh. aspect of what we do and what everybody else does around here is accurate when we put it out there. That's all. I appreciate it. You know, when you appreciate when they start typing and everything, just make sure they hit the right letters. That's all. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Good all seeing right. you this morning. See no, you guys. Everybody, calm down. I think, all right. I think we're all calm. I'm calm. Yeah, I'm, I'm calm. I'm good. Guys are screaming at each other. Marty Boomer and Geo on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. CeeLo back with us. He's got a sports update. What's going on, Chris? Brought to you by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Also brought to you by Town Fair Tire. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. Let's give you some of this audio from the Odell Beckham Jr. body cam footage that was released this week. Uh, So it picks up after the flight attendants, of course, tried to get him to buckle his seatbelt. He's unresponsive. So they reach out to the fire rescue and they get the cops involved. So fire rescue checks him out. They determine he's fine, he's lucid, he knows where he is, knows where he's going. Not a whole lot they can do. So they first circle back to talk to the flight staff. This is a five-hour flight. Yeah, this is five hours. Okay, that's up to you guys. Yeah, that's up to you guys. Okay. Medically, if he doesn't want us to check him out, I can't And I don't really say anything wrong. He might be tired. Or have taken a long trip and doesn't want to follow orders, that's a whole other act. He told Perky he just came from a club. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay, I get that. He's and tired. And Some of it's a little on the low end. He told her he just came from a club. So they were insinuating he might have been drinking on something, so on and so forth. So that conversation continued a little bit longer. And then the flight staff brought up uh, another interesting point of contention here uh, midway through this clip. He just responded to know where he's at. He, he knows where he's at, exactly where he's flying. He had pants on when he came on. He had to get pants on now. His pants are on now. His pants are on. Well, he had shorts on. Yeah. Okay. We we'll do whatever you decide. So there's flight right, staff. So yeah, explain that to me. What was going on with his pants? Saying he, he had pants on. Now he doesn't have pants. So they felt like he took his pants off at some point. And then the fires fire rescue is like, well, he had pants on when we talked to him. And they're like, well, he had different pants on. Now he's got shorts on. Well, Evan Roberts' situation, maybe he had regular pants yeah. on, took the pants off. Had the I never had pants. Hmm. Right. Yeah, right. I mean, like taking your pants off. To me, sounds like a really lewd act in public. But if you're telling me he just changed out of sweatpants and had shorts on underneath, like Evan does, then that's not a problem. That's what it sounded like. But if someone's uh, like, he took his pants off, then I'm expecting him to just have everything <laughs> dry. Like, dry oh, you know yeah, what I'm right. saying? Yeah, I don't think that's what happened. Okay. So they were trying to basically build a case for why they made this call, right? And Fire Rescue is basically saying, well, we checked him out. Not a whole lot we can do, but it's your call. The captain and the flight staff, if you don't want him to fly, that's up to you. And then we get the cops involved, which is ultimately what they do. So the cops come in. They're very calm and polite. Situation never really escalated. But it ends up that Beckham decides he's not getting off. They let him know, if you don't, we're going to have to deboard the entire flight and then take you off separately. So that's ultimately what happens, which obviously bothered some on the flight, understandably so, which you guys discussed. One older gentleman in particular who must have voiced his displeasure. So Beckham had some words for him as the gentleman was heading off the plane and basically lets the guy know he's the sole reason he refuses to leave and let the flight carry on as planned. Get off the plane for you, specifically you, maybe everybody else. I would get off the plane. So he's chewing this guy out as he's walking down the alley to get off the plane. He would continue and at this point really tries to rub it in a little bit. You gonna wait 40 minutes and I'm gonna be on a private plane home. Yeah, I will. Get your ass off the plane for a second. Yeah, I bet. Enjoy the cheese board on the way home. So we had fat ass, the cheese board, ugly ass, the <laughs> private plane. Wow. There was a lot going on right. in that exchange there. Yeah. Okay. So there's Odell Beckham Jr. though was really the victim in this situation. Now, this is like with one said. guy. I what I said to oh Al this morning God. is the body I, I don't know what was said from the older guy to Odell before the body cam turned what on. An I <laughs> what an a-hole. There's no other way to interpret that. I mean, that don't mean nothing to me. I'll be on a private jet in 40 minutes. No, he said, you are all. You guys are going to wait 40 minutes. I'll be on a private, private jet. Home. Right, okay. Which yeah. I said to Al, if that was an option to begin with, why not right. just do why not just do that? So where was this plane emanating from? Where was Miami. It? So Miami and he was going to L.A. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's a pretty expensive uh, private jet, I'll tell you that. I understand, but if he's going to, he was quickly, it sounded like, oh, I'll just pivot to the private jet. 65 grand. Well, but the cops had said, "Look, we're trying." We, the cops said, "We're we're we're trying to work with you here, and if we, you know, we do ultimately pull you off, they'll book you on the next flight." So it wasn't like the airline was going to refuse to have him travel. He was the one that said the thing about the private plane. So mm. I, I don't know. I know it's expensive, but 
So it was an interesting... Like, I think he was probably just throwing that in his face, being like, I'm right. rich and famous, and you're fat. Correct. That's basically what... Fat ass, ugly yeah. ass, cheese board. Oh, right. A little bit of everything there, so... I mean, that's just... That's, I don't know. Yeah. And then the entire plane deboards, and then he, without incident, gets off with the cops. They never I will had say the, this. You know, if, they, I, if I were the pilot and I were the uh, flight attendants, I would not want to fly with a guy that's just not following simple instructions. Well, that so was I don't their, know what's going to happen when we're up at 37,000 feet. That's exactly what they mm -hmm. said. And that's why we they ultimately decided that they mm. wanted him removed. Is this guy, you know, having an episode and could right. this happen at 37,000 feet? Yes. I mean, that's why, you know, they're uber sensitive, mm -hmm. which I totally get. And the one uh, gentleman from the staff there said it's a five and a half hour flight. It's not like it's a short flight. You know, we're going to be in the air for a while and who the heck knows what's going to happen. Oh, that could have been fists being thrown and all sorts. <laughs> oh, seriously. Yeah, no, of course. Oh, man. So anyway, he did Where's end Frank up Drummond when you need him? <laughs> <laughs> he did get off without incident. And uh, now that we've heard the audio and the body cam footage is out there, we can all move on and see where he plays his football next year. A couple things on the Giants. I don't know if you guys discussed this or caught this. I feel like it kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit. Post-game Sunday after they lose to the Eagles, a couple of head-scratching quotes that came out of the locker room. I didn't hear audio, but I saw written quotes. Xavier McKinney basically saying Justin Jefferson can be stopped, and they weren't all that concerned about facing him in the playoffs. That was number one. It's kind of interesting for a guy who basically missed five weeks. Right. So I think Brian Dable probably got to him because when he spoke yesterday, he was uh, much more complimentary about Jefferson. Crazy catches, as y'all seen before. And he's just a tough matchup uh, when he's going against anybody. You got to make sure that you're on your P's and Q's when you're facing them. So it's going to be a challenge for us, but uh, we'll be prepared and be ready. All right. So typical answer there, a little different than what you heard Sunday. Now, similar theme, Nick Gates talked about how he didn't think it was that loud in Minnesota on Christmas Eve, and he attributed it to typical Midwesterners, which he lumped himself in because he went to Nebraska. Yeah. So you had that as they looked ahead to this matchup with the Vikings. Now, fellow offensive lineman John Feliciano yesterday, I think, attempted a little bit of damage control here. Unlike what Nick Gates said, they, they definitely were loud and, and messed up a couple of our protections. You think you're going to make them louder now? We'll be fine. We'll be a, it's, it's, it's actually funner when, when you're in that hectic loud. So he's basically saying the opposite of what his teammate had to say. Yeah, I will say it, it will be loud in there. They, they will be loud, but they're, they're a different type of fan. There's no two ways about it. I experienced that okay. firsthand because I grew up in the Northeast and I had that Northeast fan mentality for the Minnesota Vikings and the first time that I went out there to watch a game and they weren't doing well and I was screaming and yelling and being all pissed off, they were getting mad at me, the fans. Really? They were like, oh, come on, why'd you even come to the game then? If you hate the team so much. And I'm like, what? I was like, you guys are accepting this? Like, this is acceptable to you? It was a Monday night game against the Patriots where they just killed them. I mean, I don't even know if I expected them to win the game, but like, they just absolutely crushed them. And I was screaming at this, coach sucks, this sucks, everything sucks. <laughs> you know, and then these, why don't you just go home then? Ah, come on. And they're just sitting there eating their cheese curds, you know, whatever. So, now for a playoff game, I expected to be a little more fired up. I, I was going to say. But I, 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 it is it is a different mentality. It you, just it just is. You brought up the Blair Walsh missed earlier this week. Yeah. One of my favorite all-time clips that made the rounds on YouTube after that game. Mm -hmm. You might remember it. 
the older gentleman in the Santa hat with the cane. Oh, that's right. That's he a great one. Bleeping missed it. He <laughs> threw, broke his cane in half. Yep. You gotta be bleeping. He was pretty pissed. He was pretty fired. I wonder up. if he's still alive, that guy. Uh, well, we might find out if they <laughs> yeah. lose another playoff game. Right. No, it's kind of interesting. I remember you know, playing in that Metrodome back in the day. That thing was really loud. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They used to put the speakers on the sideline yes. of the opposing team and then pump the crowd noise, the ambient crowd noise through the speaker. It was crazy. And they also used to play all the music through there as well and then i know you guys used to use welcome to the jungle too with the kickoff but they would do that there as well yes. and just people would be like what like out of nowhere for the first kickoff <laughs> if you look at the opposing sideline like, whoa everybody's yeah, it was, like it jumping was up like crazy kind of like us at halftime last year in kansas city <laughs> yes. jesus no we're a little backed up after yeah. your uh, shouting match with spike there That's right. the knicks yep. did beat the pacers last night 119 113 as they avoided uh blowing another lead late and uh, it was Jalen Brunson having a big game, 34 points. College hoops-wise, uh, Cal, uh, what is it, what's their name? Cal Baptist. Baptist did lose, yeah. uh, our guy, Eddie B., the picks jockey. You see if he can get back in the win column uh, moving forward. And then Evanston, Rutgers got a late three again from Cam Spencer as they down Northwestern by a final score of 65-62. to 62. CBS Sports Network. I think this is a live shot on CBS Sports Network of this giant cruise ship that is pulling into the harbor as it is misty and gross out there this morning. If uh, people are wondering, I'll just do a quick recap about what happened with Eddie B, uh, the sports jockey, the sports betting jockey. Last night, everybody won with him on Ohio over Ball State. Last night, he had a bad beat. He had California Baptist plus one and a half over Utah Valley in the WAC conference with a 10 p.m. tip. And uh, some people stayed up for it. Didn't end up happening for him. 11-point lead blown by Cal Baptist. They were up by two, which would have, of course... Uh, covered the spread uh, with 20 seconds to go. It was a big three that was hit, fouls, and then the next thing you know, uh, Utah Valley moves past that number, and it's a loss. However, and we're watching some of the highlights now on CBS Sports Network. However, uh, everybody that I looked when he was talking about the game and the loss last night in his comments want more Eddie the Jockey. They want more of his picks. They're not ready to jump off the bandwagon now. I was looked in those comments, and I was going to see if they were like, all right, now I'm done, screw you, stuff like that. But no, his follower count has grown since last night, and they want more picks. Well, did he make a pick for tonight? He did. Okay. He, he did. It's up there. I, I mean, if I do want to hear from him again today, um, but if we don't, that's fine. I'll give it. If he doesn't call us today, he should call us today to face the music, but... If he doesn't call us today, I will give out his pick. But he also just tweeted eight minutes ago, I don't mind very much if I lose some of my money, but I hate it if other people lose on my picks. It really upsets me. So he's uh, feeling it this morning. Well, I mean, you know, this is kind of like a damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of situation. Like we had him on. He was very entertaining. Yeah. Remembered something that happened 40 years ago. Uh, brought it back to my attention. It's kind of fun going down memory lane with that. And by the way, I think it may have been Latonia Racetrack as opposed to Turfway. It okay. may have been called Latonia back in the day. I'm not sure. Okay. Anyway, um, it's, uh, you know, now all of a sudden he's become famous. So when you become famous and you put things out there and you're on social media and your social media platform grows, then you are going to unfortunately have those feelings that Eddie's feeling like this morning. That's right. Now, he did put out his pick this morning. 
and on Twitter. And a lot of people are just, hey, thank this is great. Like, this is one of our listeners right now. Thanks, Ed. Big fan. Full confidence in you. So he yeah, is. That's what I love about our listeners. Our listeners are so positive. Look at that. It goes, like Everybody yeah. is just, like, all in, and they want them to do well. We're all rooting for them. See, there is. There is goodness in the world. Right. No, there is. And then, like, apparently somebody said that one of the sports books, not Fandle, one of the other sports books took it off the board already because he put out his tweet and then everybody saw it. Uh, some other guy just says, thank you for your pick. Someone goes, let's ride. Another guy says, let's roll. Time to start a new streak. I'm locked and loaded. Let us eat. Let's get it. Let's roll. This is what everybody's tweet. Oh, this is great stuff. After, after he lost last night, he's still that popular. And here we are, man. Everybody thinks everybody's after each other. No, 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 no. We're supporting our guy, Eddie. That, that is correct. 100%. A little hiccup. It's all right. It's fine. And he did say he wasn't as confident in this game as he was the Ohio game. And he bet less on it. He did couch that yesterday. Uh, let's go to Alex in Florida. What's going on, Alex? Hey, good morning, guys. Big fans of the show. Appreciate everything you guys do. Been listening now for almost about five to ten years, give or take, Boomer, since uh, since pretty much I started listening back in 2015. Big fan of uh, everything you do with hockey and everything like that. So I just wanted to call in to get you guys' thoughts on uh, Sunday's game with Giants-Vikings. I know, Gio, I've been listening to you. You're very excited and very hyped up about the game. But um, with the Giants getting some healthier players back, um, I just wonder if, like, you think, like, let's say getting Xavier McKinney and Adoree Jackson back potentially um, off the bye and everything like that. I just want to see what your guys' thoughts are with an X factor in that game. And, Gio, I got to ask, are you over the 41-0 uh, to zero in 2000? No. Um, no, no, I will not be over that. No, I won't be. I'll never get over that. I'll never get over 98, uh, which was a, a worse loss because they were a better team that year and they should have won the game against the Falcons. So, no, I'm not going to get over that. At all. I, I actually like the idea, and tell me if I'm crazy. I like the idea if Xavier McKinney and Adoree Jackson came back in this game and this was the first game they played. Because, from a Vikings standpoint? Yes, yeah, if you have from a Vikings, Vikings standpoint. Yeah, yeah. Because we're talking about now, I mean, because the Vikings played their starters last week for a half. The speed on that turf, the fact that the crowd is going to be nuts. These guys haven't played football in a while. I, I don't, to me, like, what scares me more is the giant team that's been together the last number of weeks and went down and beat the Commanders, you know, and all that stuff. Like, that team is the one that was in Minnesota the last time. So if you're, even though those guys are more talented and they're starters, and that's not disputable, their first game back, I think, is that that's a tough spot to be in. If they had played a little bit in Week 17, it'd be different. But these guys have been out for multiple weeks. You know what? There's an enormous amount of confidence surrounding the Giants. I think from the players themselves, the coaching staff has done an unbelievable job in the fan base. I mean, to think about that, you know, where we have come in the last three months that Giant fans and many people around here think the Giants are going to go in there and win. I mean, that there there is a... There is like a growing enthusiasm and confidence about this yeah. team. Yep. Now, you know, you're going against one of the highest scoring teams in the league. Mm. And your team doesn't really tend to score a lot of points. But the fact that they were up there about three weeks ago and they kept the game tight and they had a chance to win it. And they got beat with a 61-yard field goal. I mean, that tells you that if you are a giant player that you know you can hang with this team. And that game was really important for Minnesota that day as well. Right. And so for I'll give you another example, too, with the, the Vikings and their injuries. So Garrett Bradbury is their starting center. He's been out for a very long time with a back injury. He was ready to come back, got into a car accident, and then re-aggravated the back injury. Hasn't practiced until yesterday. First time in two months, maybe. Oh, boy. 
So now he is someone that I don't I don't know if he plays or he doesn't play. If he does play, he's not going to be playing. He's not playing four quarters. Right, but here's the other part about it. They yeah. lost their backup center in that Green Bay game who was playing so well for them, and now it's down to that third string guy that had so many problems in Lambeau. Now, he played the full game against the Bears, and he's been practicing now, and he's got everything they say he's all right. But, I mean, I still think I want Garrett Bradbury being the center in that situation as opposed to the third stringer. Especially and, going against Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams. Right, exactly. And the Vikings may have, may have to play a third string right tackle as well because the first and second guys, or first guys out, Brian O'Neill, they're one of their captains. He is done. He is out. Well, let's see if Kayvon Thibodeau can do anything against that. Right. But the Vikings, I think, have one of the best left tackles in football and Christian Darasaw, so I feel really good about that. But I mean, I, this is, I believe the Giants are just, they're, they're more well coached. I think that they're going to, I watching the game, remember the mistakes that they made in that first game too. There was that critical interception that Daniel Jones threw to Patrick Peterson. There was that blocked punt. There was a lot of crazy little things that happened. And it still took a 61 yard field goal to beat them. So I, I mean, I know the Vikings were up eight late and then the Giants drove right down the field to be able to tie it and get the two point conversion. So. I I don't know. I just I don't think it's going to go the Vikings way this time around. I think it'll be a close game that they end up losing. It'll be the first close game, one score game that they lose the entire year, which would be fitting as you know, well. You know what? Uh, Brian Dayball, the way he coaches, reminds me of a couple of guys. One is Bill Cower. The other one is uh, John Harbaugh. Um, and the reason I say those two guys, maybe even Mike Tomlin to a certain extent, especially this year, working in with a, a rookie uh, quarterback in Kenny Pickett. He makes his team freaking competitive. You know what I mean? Like, however he coaches, whatever message he brings, however he talks to his players, the team is uber competitive. Like, and the team expects to win. Like that, you know how hard that is to get that going in your first year. Yeah, it's it's amazing because he went in there and look. He had, I would say, and he would never say this because he was asked this question yesterday, and he's never going to answer this question honestly. Hey, do you think you know? You know, you 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 basically could throw your helmets out there and just go play for anything because nobody expected you to be here. You know, just free and easy that kind of thing. And he's not going to answer. He wants to go in and win the freaking game. He wants to be really, really uber competitive. And to me, the great coaches do that, especially when they have maybe a, a lean roster compared to the team that they're going against. But then again, I would tell you that that defense up in Minnesota isn't all that great. No, it's not. And they they stiffen up in the red zone. Uh, that's for sure. They play better in the later part of the games in the fourth quarter, and they're able to get turnovers. And if they don't get those things, they're a miserable defense. To me, to me let me ask you a question. How have they done overall in your eyes – Against a premium running game, um, I would say okay. I give him, I give him a B minus against a running game. Premium passing game, it's an F. Okay, F. well, the, well, the Giants don't have a premium passing game, right? But they do have the capability. I think uh, your coach Kevin O'Connell talked about it. How they run the ball and they run the ball with Daniel. And this should be Saquon Barkley on this turf, uh, getting a week off and feeling good and being a hundred percent. You know, this could be a Saquon Barkley game. You know, it should be. It has to be for the Giants if they're going to win. Gordon Geo coming to you live from the Bill Ford Tough Studio on the Fan and CBS Sports Network, wherever you are on the free Odyssey app as well. Eddie the Picks Jockey is on the line. We will get to him in a little bit. 
So everybody that is a big fan of Eddie, he will explain what happened last night and then give us a pick this morning and what he believes is going to happen in college basketball tonight. But we've got wild card weekend happening. I asked you before the show, I said, all right, we know that something wacky is going to happen. Always does. Something. Now, I'm not talking about injuries. I don't want to project that. I don't want to think about that. And maybe that leads to an upset. I'm not talking about that. Let's just assume that everybody stays healthy in these games. Something wacky will happen. There will be an upset. I believe there will be an upset. What is the one that would make the most sense? It's not Miami over Buffalo. There is no way in hell that's going to happen. If that did happen, that would be one of the bigger upsets in NFL playoff history, I don't in know. my opinion. I, you know, It's got to be one of these division matchups, I think, so... Baltimore, Cincinnati, Seattle, well, San Francisco. Buffalo, Miami's a division match. Yeah, but, but, yeah, but forget that one yeah. because that's Skylar Thompson. But, you know, the games between Seattle and San Francisco, you know, they they, they haven't been like total blowouts. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm assuming Tyler Lockett's playing. I don't know if he is or not but at this point. But uh, between Lockett, Medcalf, Geno maybe, maybe uh, a couple uh, big plays out of those guys. Could that happen? I mean, and this is like you talk about a team that, you know, uh, nobody backs into the playoffs, by the way. They won their last game and they played their full 17 game schedule and then Green Bay lost. So uh, people say they backed in. I don't think that they earned their way in. Sure. You know, they went out and won and Green Bay knew what they had to do in order to get in and they didn't do it. So, um, you know, so going into the weekend until that final game, Seattle actually had the number seven seed. It, and, you know, because of the tiebreakers, the way they would have worked out, had Green Bay won, they would have then captured the seventh seed. But it didn't work out that way. So I, I think that that could be, that would be unbelievable. Because, you oh. know, for me, San Francisco is still, I think, overall the best team in the league. In the league, even over the the Bengals and the Chiefs and the Bills? I, I do, uh, best Brock team. Brady? I didn't say the quarterback. I said the, the best team. Yeah. You know, and right. the quarterbacks in the AFC... You know, anything is possible. You have two backup quarterbacks playing in the AFC. The other five guys are the big five in the AFC. They're all in the playoffs, which is something we all have have hoped for and couldn't wait until we started to see all of these kids, you know, doing what they're doing and following in the footsteps of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I, I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday about this game. My initial reaction is that the Niners were just going to turn it on and blow past the Seahawks maybe in the second half because they're just so much more talented, but he had valid points. I started thinking about it a little bit more. Uh, that San Francisco Niners, 49ers defense in that Raiders game was awful against Jared Stidham. That was only a couple of weeks ago. The first half against the Cardinals, even though they blew right by the Cardinals, but the first half with David Blau and no wide receivers, they went up and down the field, scored a couple touchdowns in that first half. So maybe that Niners defense, if you can block those guys, yeah. which is a big if, you know, you can get to that secondary a little bit. I mean, and when you when you break it down, I mean, think about it. You know, Kenneth Walker has had a tremendous season. If it weren't for Garrett Wilson, he'd be the offensive rookie of the year. Geno Smith's going to win comeback player of the year. If you look at his numbers, they were astronomical this year. I'm still, I'm staying with San Francisco. I'm no, just, I, no, I know. I, me too. And I'll, I mean, I'll be a big but, upset, but I'm staying with them. But you, then you got DK Metcalf, you have Tyler Lockett. I mean, it would be a huge upset, but you could make, you could make a case. You, you can't make a case with Miami. I could make a case for Seattle. Do you think that there's a better chance that maybe Seattle pulls off an upset or 
a Ravens with the third string quarterback pulls off an upset over yeah. Cincinnati. I be you know the game last week between the Ravens and Cincinnati was you know shouldn't have been that close. Yeah, and I don't know where the mental angle was with Cincinnati going into the game and everything else, but. You know, they've lost two starting offensive linemen now. That's mm-hmm. that's significant. Now, Adinajay, who is their right tackle, who placed well, Collins over there, is going to be a good player. And he played really well the last two games. So I'm not worried about him. But there is going to be somebody new in the mix now. And, you know, listen, the Baltimore Ravens just want to muck every game up. They want to beat you up. And, like, I was just talking about Brian Dable and the way that he coaches. That's how John Harbaugh coaches. So they could be short at quarterback. They may not have the best roster. But you know what? They're going to be in your face. And they're going to make it. They're going to just make it a war. They're just going to make it a fight right there at the line of scrimmage. And it's going to be a pain in the ass. Now, the big thing for them is if they get into their man coverage schemes, you know, who's covering what receiver? And, you know, the one thing that Joe Burrow has done in this eight-game winning streak, and they've won 12 out of their last 14, he is finding the guy that's one-on-one, and the guy who's one-on-one is making the play. Yeah. I mean, I uh, that would be a devastating loss for the Bengals, having gone to the Super Bowl last year, having come back this year, getting off to a rough start, that everything's clicking at the right time except for these offensive line injuries. They lose to the Ravens in the wild card weekend. That would be just an awful loss for and them. figure this out. So let, let's just say it goes the way that it's supposed to go. You're going to have Buffalo hosting Cincinnati in divisional weekend, and you're going to have either the Jags or the Chargers going to um, Kansas City. Yeah, I do like the uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars in that game. You do? I do. Yeah, we'll get to all our picks tomorrow, but I do, uh, having gone over it yesterday, uh, I do like That's the Jaguars. That's kind of a pick em game, right? I mean, Yeah, uh, just as- essentially, yeah, essentially. Uh, Joe in Bayport. What's going on, Joe? Hey, Boomer, Gio, what's up? What's, what's up, Joe? Joe? How you doing, brother? I've been waiting seven years for Sunday. Seven years. <laughs> We're back in it. We're playing... Geo's Vikings. That's right. And we're going to smoke them. It's going to be a repeat of 2000. 41 nothing. 41 nothing again. Uh, you don't they're think the Vikings are going to score a point? Gonna, I think it's going to be a blowout. I think they're going to get run out the building. That horn's going to sound once, and you're not going to hear it for another year. Yeah, well, I don't see it that way, Joe. I see it as a close game and a horrible, heart wrenching loss for the Vikings and their fans. Uh, sort of like the Sounds opposite depressing. of. What's that? Sounds like you're really confident and really depressed about this one, James. Yeah, no, I am. I am. If you've been listening at all, of course, this is my worst I nightmare. This is, this is my I moved worst. I down to Palm Beach six years ago. I don't listen no more. I just have to call in and talk about the Vikings. Well, you can look, use, the, use the Odyssey app, man. You can listen wherever you are. Just download that, and you can stream it wherever you are. So I'd rather have a pina colada by the pool. <laughs> okay, all have right. a pina colada and well, listen then, to the yeah, show, well, man. Don't call in then, yeah. Um, By the way, you know, the Giants last game against the Vikings put up 445 yards of offense. I know. They scored a ton of points, too. And that's why this over-under number is is as high as it is. Um, and surprising some people, but not surprising me. Yeah, I don't I don't believe it's going to be a blowout. And it's funny because, like, you know, a guy like Joe thinks he's going to get under my skin. It's impossible to get under my skin. Well, he hasn't when been I, listening all weekend. Right. You're the one who already set the, set the tone for the game. Right. Impossible. Not going to get under. It's not going to happen. I just... The blowout thing I don't think will will happen. Now, that would be a little surprising to me if it were a blowout, if the Giants beat them by three touchdowns or something like that. Uh, it would be more surprising to me if the Vikings beat them by three touchdowns. But it's going to be it'll be a close game. These, these these two teams are are used to playing a ton of close games and and this will be the as the Vikings have gone 11 and 0 in one score games, this will be the and one there, that they lose. And there's no question, I think in your mind or my mind or anyone else's mind for that matter, 
around here who's got the coaching advantage. Oh, yeah, Brian Dable, 100%. I mean, and plus from the coordinator standpoint as well. Yeah, you know, for, for sure. I mean, I, I, I would agree. I mean, you know, Kevin O'Connell, I, I, he won 13 games as a rookie head coach. And, and, and people like him. Great, great kind of environment for Kirk Cousins. He has. To, that's true. To uh, be successful. That is true. And, and to win those close games and to make comebacks, you have to be doing something right. But Brian Dable is still, he's, he's, he's the better coach. Not even, in my opinion, it's not even a question. Uh, Ernie in Woodridge. What's going on, Ernie? Hey, guys. Listen to you guys every morning. Big Cowboys and Boomer. Big Blackhawks fan, unfortunately, for me. But, well, now, uh, yeah, but you got three Stanley Cups in the last ten years. What are you talking about? <laughs> I do, and I'll take them. Yeah. But I'm calling today, I'm, I'm calling today, Gio, because I want to uh, pay my condolences for Ella. Because I'm also a bully owner. Yeah. I lost two of my bullies. One at ten, one at eight. Oof. And now I have my new... Um, my new Brooklyn, she just turned one. And if you were able to, as a bully owner, you know it's just different. All pets are special. But when you lose, if you're a bully owner, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know. you were able to have her for 12 and a half years. I know. Those to you and your family because it's not easy to have a bully for 12 and a half years. Yeah, no, thanks, Ernie. I, I do appreciate that. And we tried to keep her as healthy as possible because we know the bulldogs gain weight and that leads to health problems. So we, we wanted her around as long as possible and it did work out. But yeah, it was, it was devastating. And that, that dog, as you know, like when you go through those times in your life, they're like, I'll never have a dog that goes through those mo- most important times in my life. Like moving to Pittsburgh, I got her immediately because I needed a friend. And then, you know, going through all the houses there, moving back to New York, gee, the kids, everything. She was right there through all the important times of my life. So that's why she's going to be so special. So, of course, I'm going to miss her forever. Anybody who's owned a pet understands what that is. It's just, it's just the worst. It's just so sad. Even though you've had them for 12 and a half years, and you think about those good moments. I've been going back, looking at videos, looking at pictures and everything. It's just so, it's so sad. I, I Sometimes I think, like, why do we torture ourselves with this? Because, you know. Oh, they bring out the best in you. There's, and, and, the, and the answer is because the, the good times outweigh that sadness. And those 12 and a half years, that was just the best. She's the best dog. I was just the best. So, yes, very sad. All right. Um, Eddie, the picks jockey, is here from Maryland. Uh, I don't need to, I don't think at this point, explain his entire deal, uh, but he is, uh, he gave out two picks on our show this week. One was a winner. Last night was not a winner, and it was close, but everybody seems to be riding with him. Nobody is mad at Eddie for not winning last night, and he joins us now. Uh, Eddie, good morning. How you feeling? How you guys doing today? No, we're doing great, Eddie. How, how are you? I, I saw that you were a little bit bummed out on Twitter earlier. Uh... You know, not for me. I'm playing with house money, but other people. I don't want them to lose their hard-earned money. Right, and I understand, and that's noble of you, but you do get that when you're going to be giving out picks publicly, that that's going to happen from time to time. You're never going to win every game. Oh, yes. Just as long as you beat the house, right? Beat the house. That's right. Beat so, the house. Beat the house. All right, so uh, last you know, night, I though. Feel real bad for those kids last night. Yeah, it was, that but was I a. I think they knew because I watched those games all the time, and these kids were super, super hyped up, and those type of teams aren't usually that hyped up before a game. Wait, so you're saying you thought that. Cal Baptist knew that you and the Boomer and Geo show audience was on them last night to cover? 
I think they got word. You know why? Like I said, I watch those kind of games all the time. And those, you know, those kids are never quite like going through the roof like these kids were when it started and beforehand. I think somebody gave them word. Well, I mean, they're probably all on social media and anybody that's tagging well, the Lancers or anything else, they're probably seeing all of it. Yeah, and they, I feel like Teron, Teron Armstrong, he played like he did against Washington and Minnesota. I feel bad that kid played his butt off, and then he loses the ball with a few seconds to go and cost him the game. Uh, but it hurt that Quintana got hurt. Listen, we, nobody knows the players yeah, here, Eddie, yeah. and I, God love you for breaking it down because you're doing the work for us. We're just riding your picks. But I will say, I will say, Eddie, that I was very, very happy to see that even though you lost the, the pick last night, all the support you are getting from your new followers was like, hey, all right, we dropped it. Get right back on the horse. Let's go. We're riding with you. Let's go. That had to make you feel pretty good. Yes, it did. All right, all right. So, all right, so you got some. Pay, you got a pick tonight. Texas State minus two and a half. They got this little kid. It's almost small enough to be a jockey. And it's very, very good player. Uh, his his name is Mason Harrell. He's five nine, one hundred and forty pounds, but he can put the ball in the basket. He's super quick. Five nine, one hundred and forty pounds. Wow. Yes, and and the kid's awesome. He's quick. Yeah, he drives to the basket. He dishes good. Now, the other thing, I'm a, a big six foot eight guy, and Texas State's best big man is out. But I still think they'll be able to cover the line because they're much more athletic. <laughs> All right, very good. Do you feel really confident about this one? I gave it a, a mid level, like I did Ohio U. All right, so mid-level. And they're also, by the way, the Bobcats, Texas State. So you won with the Bobcats a couple days ago with Ohio. You're going back to the Texas State Bobcats. All right, so I saw your uh, your tweet, and I uh, already jumped on it, and I'm sure everybody else will now. So get on it quick because the line is going to change. And uh, we'll see how you do, Eddie. I mean, we're going to ride with you for a little bit here. Uh, we're not going to have you on every day, but this week has definitely been your week, and we want to hear from you tomorrow uh, regardless of what happens. And this has been uh, – this has been good. I mean, I hope you're handling your newfound fame okay, though. Uh, I'm an old man like Boomer. <laughs> oh, come on there, Eddie. I'm not that old. Hey, we're both born in the late, early 60s, right? Uh, yes. We ain't no spring chickens. Uh, speak for yourself, my brother. You speak for yourself. Now. What's that? I bet you couldn't ride that donkey now. Yeah, I'm not being riding any donkeys anytime soon. No, you're right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> there they are. All right, Eddie. Bobcats. All right, uh, get that. Did you send out? Yeah, I got. I have some pictures of Eddie. I want me to send them to you, G? Yeah, yeah, please. Yeah, please I'll send do. them to you and Booms. All right, yeah, hang on one second. We're going to uh, go through these pictures, and we'll see which one will be the good one for your avatar. Uh, by the way, over five uh, over 5,000 followers, by the way, Eddie. I mean, that's pretty damn good. Now, can you tell them to vote on a name they want me to use as a handle? Because I don't care what they call me. Um... Yeah, I mean, we we could put that out there. I mean, I like name and picture. Sure, have a fan vote. Eddie Money, the jockey, maybe Eddie Eddie, the picks jockey. Um, Anything you guys think is good. Oh wow, look at you here! All right, this is you on the horse. You know, Texas State actually beat uh, Science and Arts, whoever the hell that is. Oh man, these are great pictures here. All right, let's these take are, a look. These are great pictures of you on the horse. Thank you. I like the. Uh, 
Let's see. Here. I like him on the seven horse right there. Yeah, yes. I was just about to say, you got to get on the one with the seven horse. First of all, it's number seven for yes. Boomer. And then you you got a big smile on your face with that one in the winner's circle. I think that that's a good one. But you're, what you're going to have to do... You're going to have to crop it. You're going to have to edit it and right. crop it. You're going to have to edit it and crop it. We might have to do that for you. No, it's great. Okay. Eddie had his uh, digital team reach out to me. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't send me these himself. Are you serious? No, I can't do that. <laughs> not, I didn't grow up with a computer. I'm an old man. I mean, you're not that old, man. Come on. I mean, all right, so this digital team is going to also, they're going to upload this photo and they're going to change your name, right? Yes, can I give them permission to do all the work? Yeah, yeah. Eddie, may I post a photo, one of the photos on our uh, Twitter so people can see what you look like as a jockey? Yes, sir. Thank you. Because I can't do it myself. Okay. <laughs> all right, very good, Eddie. This this is awesome. We'll uh, yes. we'll be all over Texas State tonight and we'll uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow, okay? All right, thank you, guys. All right, see you. All righty. Well, good news is Texas State is on a two-game winning streak right now. Yeah, so they're hot. Just they like won two games on the road at James Madison and at South Alabama. And and remember too, by the way, you know Eddie is a, uh, eleven out of twelve. He is. So he did lose last night, and it's in your mind, and it's fresh. He is eleven out of twelve. So this game is at Arkansas State. Tough place to play. That's what I hear. Tough place to play. What time is it? Eight o'clock. Eight o'clock tonight. All right, it's a little bit better than ten last night. Red Wolves, the Arkansas State Red Wolves. Yes, yeah, you got it. And yep. they, and they, let's see. So Texas State is nine and eight, two and two in the conference. Arkansas State is nine and eight, one and three in the conference. Okay, all right, we'll see. And again on ESPN Plus, of course. And Arkansas State, uh, let's see, is coming in on a three-game losing streak. Ooh. All right. We got one coming in on a two-game winning streak, Texas State, and then Arkansas State on a three-game losing streak. Boomer and Gio on the fan and CBS Sports Network. The line has already moved with Eddie, the picks jockey's pick for tonight. Texas State did open up at minus two and a half, and now it's minus three and a half because and Bennett, and it was locked for a time at one of the major sports books. It's not FanDuel Sportsbook. Um, so, so that's what happened yesterday. Same thing happened again. So my point is that he lost one, and nobody's off Eddie the Picks jockey. Everybody's back there doing the same thing as yesterday. Moving the needle. He is. So now the question is, will anybody with Texas State and Arkansas State you know, be all jacked up like the, guy, the guys were last night. <laughs> I know. I know we have a difference of opinion on this. I don't think the Cal Baptist got word that Eddie the Picks jockey and our <laughs> audience were on them last night, so they played harder. I saw some of those tweets uh, that were going out yesterday, and uh, both the Cal basketball, Cal State, what was it? Cal, Cal Baptist. Cal Baptist. Their, their Twitter feed was in it. So you got to believe that the kids are seeing all this stuff. Yeah, maybe if they think that more people are streaming on ESPN Plus, maybe, but I don't think it got back to him. We're talking Cal Baptist. We're talking about a, a, a jockey, retired jockey from Maryland who's leading this charge. It's not like, you know, somebody, uh, I don't know, Jay Billis said it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. I, I get it. But, you know, I'm just thinking that I'm wondering if, you know, maybe Amazon wants to use us as a, um, a helper for their Thursday night ratings. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Not great. No, the Thursday night ratings were down uh, from the you know down about three million from what they were promising their advertisers. Uh oh, not a surprise. per game. 
Huh? Not a surprise. No, it's no. First year of streaming. And it was horrible games. A lot of them were that really too, bad. Yeah. Really bad. Yeah. Uh, all right, CeeLo, let's get to this update, huh? Yeah, let's do that. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Also brought to you by Mercedes Benz of Morristown. Going to start with the Knicks. We've shortchanged them a bit so far this morning. They did get RJ Barrett back at home against the Pacers. He had a good stat line, but once again, it was Jalen Brunson leading the way. Randall. Kick. Barrett. Drives on Batase. Brunson waiting for three. That's Ed Cohen on MSG. Brunson rather had 34, while Barrett finished with 27. Julius Randle, a double-doubles. The Knicks won it 119-113, but as we heard in the first hour from Brunson, wasn't all that satisfied with the way they closed out the game. A little too close for comfort after leading by 14, entering the fourth quarter. Tom Thibodeau was asked if he was concerned with his team potentially uh, letting another big lead slip away. You're always concerned. You're, You're concerned with winning. So that's, you know, I look at it more, okay, where are we? You're building a 25-point lead. A little hot and cold with the three ball at times. Led to some swings in the game, but they get it done. More from Brunson on trying to close out these games. Team to hold leads better and uh, find ways to um, keep our foot in the gas with the lead. And uh, it's a work in progress for us, but... Um, a win's a win. As we heard with the uh, highlight there, a difference maker down the stretch. He earned himself the on-court interview afterwards on MSG. Barrett swinging by, couldn't resist sharing his affection for his teammate. He interrupted and just grabbed the mic uh, right out of, I guess it was Rebecca Harlow's hands. In all of that fourth quarter, he comes... Jalen Brunson. <laughs> Mr. Clutch. Oh, he said with a big smile on his face for everyone in uh, the garden to hear. That's five out of six for the Knicks as they head into Friday and Sunday road games against Washington and Detroit. You got the Nets and the Celtics in Brooklyn tonight. 7-20 pregame here on the fan. Boston comes in off a home win over the Pelicans last night. College hoops-wise, we know about Cal Baptist at this point. We'll see if uh, the, was it, Texas State Bobcats yes, can, uh, the get Texas the job State. done yep. tonight. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, meantime, in Evanston, Cam Spencer, a hero again for Rutgers. They had the go-ahead three ball in the final 20 seconds or so to put them up one. An eventual 65-62 win over Northwestern. Big Ten Network TV mics picked up uh, some audio from him after draining that big shot coming back down the end of the other court. It's Spencer open to the lead. Yes! Cam Spencer does it again! That's him yelling. It got quiet. He's got a little. Uh... Yeah, but how the hell puts a little red ass in him? Well, red ass. Yeah, okay. he does. I he you does. Were say swag. No, I, well, swag. I call it the other, whatever you want to call it. But I, you know, he he did this against Maryland too. And yeah, he did he's it like, against Purdue, correct? You know what he's like? Yes. He's like one of those annoying Duke white guys. That's really good. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> and he's JJ Reddick. Yeah. Um, guys like that. So what's his face? Grayson Allen. Grayson yes, Allen. Yes, that's yeah, the that one I was yeah. looking for. Yep. So uh, he finished six of seven from three. Rutgers and Proust at 12 and five, four and two in Big Ten play. UConn lost in Marquette, 82 76. So the Huskies, after a 14 and 0 start, have dropped three of their last four. Hofstra beat Monmouth by 20. And number one, Houston got by South Florida, 83 77. The Cougars, 17 and one, but they led by just one. One at the half. Head coach Kelvin Sampson with the quick TV interview heading off the court was uh, not pleased. Coach, your forward Javier Francis got his first start tonight. What are you liking from the intensity he's bringing on the defense? Nothing. I don't like anything anybody on our team's doing. What can be fixed on that? What? What can be fixed on the defense? We're going to have to figure it out at halftime. All right, thanks, coach. Always a tough spot, <laughs> especially when the first half doesn't go well for the coach. You've got to interview. What? Yeah. I don't <laughs> like anything anyone on the team is doing. Nothing. Yeah. 
But uh, they did. How are you going to fix away. it? What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Can I go now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mike LaFleur out with the Jets. Uh, so Brian Schottenheimer remains the last Jets offensive coordinator to last uh, more than two seasons with the team. And no surprise that coincides with the team's playoff droughts. So you had Tony Sperano, Marty Morningweg, Chan Gailey, John Morton, Jeremy Bates, Dow Loggins, <laughs> and Mike LaFleur. Not exactly uh, a great list. Wow. Um, yeah. Some of the potential replacement names I've seen floated so far. Daryl Bevel, Nathaniel Hackett, Pep Hamilton, Cliff Kingsbury, Gary or Clint Kubiak. And one of the lists had Ben McAdoo on there. Eh, I wouldn't hate that. I honestly wouldn't. I mean, Ben McAdoo, he shouldn't be a head coach, but he was a good offensive coordinator. He's back with Dallas now. He was a good first. I mean, no, he's in he's in Carolina, isn't he? Carolina, Carolina. I'm sorry. Yeah, he was yeah, he was yeah. in Dallas. Did okay. They you know they ran the ball really effectively there towards the end of the he was year. In ja- wasn't he in Jacksonville briefly, if I recall? Yeah, what he's bounced I, around a little bit. What am I thinking of? It's hard it's to keep there. track of all these uh, retreads that didn't work in New York. Well, every coach is a retread. Well, I mean, the guys that we've run out of town around oh, here. Oh, I see. Yeah. You know? Well, we get, I, we're good I, I believe that. Pat Shermer's out of town. Oh, he was with the... All right, so I wasn't out of my mind. He was with the Cowboys last year, 2021. As, was it as like a, what, a consultant or whatever? Right, and then he got the offense. Because, see, this is the problem. This is the problem. So he gets the offensive coordinator job with Matt Rule. Okay, I'm taking the job. It's going to be great. It's yeah. going to be an offensive coordinator job. But whoever takes this offensive coordinator job is coming in here right now with the potential that if they do fail again next year, they're all going to be blown out again. Yeah, that, that's the problem. That, that that's the exact situation that Ben McAdoo found himself in, getting the job, moving to Carolina. Matt Rule gets fired during the season, yep. and then everybody gets blown out. And he had multiple quarter quarterbacks coming again, through again. Yeah, Baker, same thing. Darnold. Same thing in every city that you know ends up failing. Yeah. The quarterback position is is brutal. That is fair. <laughs> Dow Loggins. Dow Loggins. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's a rough list. I mean, I had totally forgot about Dow Lockett. Yeah. You know, we sat here and probably said his name a million times. Dow. Adam Gay stuff. Yep. Dow. He's now with South Carolina hmm. as he just got hired by them as their offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. Great. And he went from he went from the Jets to Arkansas as the tight ends coach. So that was a, that's a tough fall from the NFL offensive hey, coordinator paid, to tight man. ends coach. Well, you're still part of football. And whatever. Man. I mean... What happened to Adam Gase? Is he coaching anywhere? Yeah, high school. No, no, no. That's a lie. We always okay. <laughs> bring this up every time. <laughs> that was a fake report. That was not real. And on the Giants side, Freddie Kitchens went back to college, I think, right? I mean, these guys just float around. It's not that important. Uh, speaking of the Giants, status quo for Daniel Jones and company as they gear up for their first playoff game in six years, at least for the franchise's standpoint. We're by no means satisfied just to be in the playoffs. We expect to play well and to win, and that's our expectation every week. That doesn't change. Similar sentiment from Darius Slayton as it pertains to facing the Vikings for the second time in three weeks. Hung in there with them already, and we were shorthanded. Adoree didn't play that game. Xavier didn't play that game, so we've gotten some guys back. Some guys in our front are a little banged up. We played that game. They're a little bit healthy now, so I think we've gotten some, some really good players back on top of the performance we already put out there. Slayton with uh, Bob Popper and Carl Banks here on the fan last night. They did a little uh, Giants playoff preview show uh, on the fan yesterday evening. Um, can I play one more Was thing? Was that in a bar somewhere or something? Was he in a bar? Yeah, oh, there's the show, show in a bar. In a bar. It might have been. Sounded like Slayton it. was on the phone, obviously. Yeah, yeah, so. no, it's, it yeah. sounded like that. Yeah. yeah, you know what? I'll save this for next time. How's that? Okay. What would you do if the uh, guest was on there, Eddie, and was talking and the show was in a bar? 
As a board op. What would I do? Yeah. I would try to EQ it as best I could so you could hear it better. Okay. Let's make it sure. You're not... Okay. I see. I see what you're doing. We take a shot at a board op now? Yep. He's looking for Spike to come back. I mean, just, I just asked what Eddie would do. Start with the strife. I can't <laughs> just handle just the strife. What Eddie would do. That's now, all. Now, to be fair, what, what if Slayton was somewhere where there was crowd noise in the back and it's coming through the phone? That's not what I heard. I heard a lot of people eating and drinking. Jory didn't play that game. Xavier didn't play that game. So we got some guys back. Some guys in our front that are a little banged up. We played. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, all right. Uh, Boomer and Geo coming in live for the Bill Ford Tough <laughs> Studio. <laughs> Uh, Boomer, you got <laughs> something. You're going to point out all the imperfections. Well, now I feel like it. Yeah, all right. Now I've been, yeah, yeah, now I've been triggered, as they say. Hi, Boomer and Geo on the fan of TBS Sports. Now we'll get back to the Jets and Michael Floor coming up in just a couple of minutes. Uh, however, I'm going to try to explain this to you. I don't think it's going to go well because it's a tough thing to explain, but I'm going to do it anyway. And Al has the song queued up as well. So somehow I stumbled across this man in Lebanon who is now my new idol. And he is a large man. Lebanon in the Middle East? Yes. Okay. And he's a large man. Okay. And he's got a very big stomach, big gut. And he dances to this particular song where his gut goes up and down. And this is all he does. And he's gotten so popular in Lebanon that he's now got 621,000 followers. Okay, Does he make picks? He does not make picks. No. But what he does do is he takes money because restaurants hire him to show up and do this belly dance in front of their restaurants with food in front of him. And then like he'll eat it. You going to do it? I would like to, I'd like to try to, but I don't think I can move like he can move. I think you could do this in Sable and go from restaurant to restaurant and get some free, free meals and maybe, you know, get some, get paid. This is exactly where I was going with Okay, this. exactly. Perfect. All right, so I, I need to learn how to do this dance, but I just don't know if I could do it. Now, he also was hired by Cold Stone Creamery, the ice cream place in Lebanon. Yeah. Yep. And here as well, but the Lebanon version of it. And then he goes into these places, he takes a bite of the ice cream and he starts doing his belly dance. There was some new pizza place that opened up and they used him and they hired him to do this belly dance. In Lebanon. In in Lebanon. So here's like <laughs> here you go. Like here. See? Skip Like imagine me outside of the portly. They're like feeding me one of their Italian heroes, and I'm just <laughs> Great. 
That's uh, Agababa Pizza, by the way. This song is ridiculous, by the way. I want to see... So if you want to see this guy... Oh, my God. He's got all these names. So it's Yasin... Y-A-S-I-N... C-E-N-G-I-Z-0038. It's actually a catchy tone. It is. Can you do the... Can you get to, like, a minute... Go back to a minute of that song at the minute mark. You're out of profit. I am, because I was doing the <laughs> dancing. I'm out of shape, you know. Let that. me know when you're ready. I'll fire it right up. All right, here we go. Let's go. I put oh. the phone. That's the last time Arabic was heard at the Portland. I'm really out of breath. Yeah. God. So you think I could create the same sensation as this man has done in Lebanon in Sable? You think I could do I, I it? I think you could do it that way. And we just hope those lyrics were kosher. Actually, so the, whole, the whole South Shore of Suffolk County, yeah. I think you could do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can go from one town to the next. Right. Menino's in Oakdale. Right, exactly. <laughs> I think it's probably the Oak and East Diner would use you and I slipped. Oh man, it's right great. Right in front of the Oak and East, yeah, that'd be perfect. I went there. That's the one to do all the decorations, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. We went there for what was that? I got a bunch of stuff <laughs> from everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes, it's the, that place is awesome. They did yeah. the. Uh, we went there for the Christmas decorations. It was tremendous. Yes. Um, but yeah, I could do that outside of there. Just Maybe do it outside the- of uh, Tellers. I'll try to I tweet it out so people know what I'm talking about because <laughs> it's a very complicated another one of these complicated names Yasin Y-A-S-I-N C-E-N-G-I-Z 0038 that's him and look he got hired to do a music video too hired him to dance Oh, yeah. He's got the thing going on. Whatever that thing with his stomach is going on. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy. He's got Dunlap disease. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, all right. Let's go to uh, Carol Ann in Astoria. What's going on, Carol Ann? Hey. Hi. Hey. What's up? Hi there, Carol Ann. How are you today? Hey, I'm doing fine, Boomer. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much. What's going on? Well, I'm having uh, some almond milk in my jeans a mug this morning. Nice. And I was just wondering, how are you? Seriously. I used to watch you and Carson every day years ago until Carson went into jail. And I was just wondering how he is because I listened to him on the radio in the afternoon. Yeah, well, Carton is doing well. That's Craig Carton Spank. He's back out and he and Evan are number one in the afternoon here and he's uh, got his life in order and he's working in the morning. He's working at night. He's always working. He's doing fine? Yeah, he's doing great. Al, right? Wouldn't you say that? Uh, oh, he's Carton, doing terrific. Yeah. Carton's doing great. Yeah, yeah very he's well. Back to, he's back to normal. He's being back to being Craig. Yeah. Great, great, great. And you? I'm great too. How are you doing? 
I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Awesome. That's I'm good. awesome. I'm back home. Okay. I'm out of City View. And um, I've been here at home for several years. No issues. Um, and everything's cool. I like that. I see a very positive call this morning. Oh, yes. <clears throat> yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm yes, yes, hoping yes. and praying that 2023 is going to be a terrific year for me. Are you, what, are you working or what are you doing? No, I'm staying home, chilling, uh, just taking every day, one day at a time. That's all I'm doing. That, that's good. One day at a time. How was your, how was your 20, how was your 2022, Carolyn? It was okay. It was good. It was good. Cleared up a lot of stuff. Um, and um, I'm just, you know, looking forward to 2023. Yeah. I had a glass of vino on uh, Christmas, New Year's Eve. My brother Joseph wished me a happy new year. we looking forward to a new year. Uh, I share a home with him in Astoria. Okay. And, yeah. All right. Well, and, good. You have a man in your life, Caroline? No, I'm hope that's what I'm looking forward to this year. Uh, in 2023, a man in my life. Okay, do you use any of the dating sites out there these days? Are you just hoping that, you know, maybe a friend knows somebody? That's a great idea, but I did try a dating site several years ago. Didn't work out. No? How many dates did you go on? Well, we only had two dates. Okay. And we went to my neighborhood. I didn't trust them. Oh. And I got in the car with him. It was just just a funny feeling. I didn't trust him. I friended him on Facebook, and then I didn't like it, what he was doing, and I unfriended him. You know, we have a nice guy here that is kind of like in the same situation, Billy Jacalone. I feel like Do Billy they, might be at yeah. the age range, though. Oh, really? Sounds, what about Big Zoo? Big Zoo, he likes yeah. older women. Right. Are you okay with a younger man, Caroline? Oh, absolutely. Okay. How young? All right. How very, young? very good. How How young? May, uh, tw he's in his 20s. No. No, no way. No. Only friendship for that. Okay. All right. Only friendship. Yeah, I'm assuming. Is there, is there an age range that you're looking for? Right. Yeah, 50 to 65, something like that. 50 to 65. I'm Boomer Esiason. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm still amazing. I ha I'm still beautiful, Boomer. Uh -oh. I consider myself a gem. Oh, wow. You know, class classy lady, gem, 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 classy, classy, classy. Uh, do, you, do you make college basketball picks by any chance, <laughs> Carolyn? <laughs> You know, uh, I don't. When I was with City View, we went to, what do they call a run around? A runner. A runner. A runner. We, we took, we went to a practice. I mean, you know, when I was with City View, we took the uh, train into Madison Square Garden, about 15 of us. And uh, we went on the bleachers and we watched a practice. Mm -hmm. It was really a lot of fun. Yeah. What, um, you retired now? Yes, yes, I am. Okay, very good. Good for you. Living the yeah. good life, the golden years now. Got to get yourself <laughs> someone to share it with you. I know, but I don't look at it as the golden years. I just look at it as years, beautiful years. Beautiful years. Yes, and you're gonna yeah, have a... I don't look at it as golden years. That's too old for me. I'm going to live to be 10 million years old. There so, Carolyn, Carol like if, if, if we had a guy call you up and take you on a date, what's the perfect date? Uh, a date would be um, a nice steak 
and lobster dinner oh, yeah. with mm. cream spinach. Oh, baby. And a glass of vino. Mm. Oh, now you're and speaking I our language. Yeah. in a deep, dim-lidded room mm. in a nice steakhouse. Oh, I like it. And yeah. could be anywhere in the city or on Long Island. That's cool with me. Okay. And, yeah, do, yeah. Do you find it tough, though, to, like... You know, get uh, physical with someone after the big steakhouse dinner, though. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. I'm full. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Wants to be bloated doing that, right? Having, exactly. Like, bad breath and all that other stuff. Yeah, it does not necessarily. Wanna, you know, you know, Boomer. I don't want to lose my cookies so fast. I hear you. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> right. So maybe in the morning. Why don't you stay over? We'll go to bed, and then in the morning we'll talk about some yeah, physical that's stuff. That's a great idea. In the morning. <laughs> Or in the middle of the night. Just wake me up. <laughs> right, like, let me digest a little bit. This cream spinach yes, is still yes. giving me agita. Uh. <laughs> Give me a glass of vino and I'll be fine. <laughs> yes, it sounds like that is your drink of choice, this, Carol Ann. That is awesome. Uh, do you have a favorite one, your white or red drinker? Rosé. Okay, all right. Look at you. All year round, I rose. enjoy. I enjoy rosé uh, first. Okay. Well, uh, then white, then red. Okay. All, All right. right. Okay, All right. Good. All right. Good. Perfect. We just want to find out if there's a man out there listening, knowing what to do, knowing how to treat you. Uh, these are you laying all the things out there. Uh, all right, Carol Ann, awesome talking to you. And we will let Carson know that you've been thinking about him. Oh, absolutely. Tell him. Okay. Please tell him. Please you can, tell him. You can more. call him, and too, by the way. You, you can, can give him my last name, too. He can look me up. I don't care what he does. He can look me up on this phone number, whatever. You know, put him on, put me on speed dial. I don't care. So, <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, well, we'll do the best we can. Thanks, Carol Ann. You have a great day. Okay. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, see. Bye. There's Carol well, there That's very nice. Very nice. She loves Carson. She loves Carson. Been thinking about Carson. She can call Carson and she Roberts can. if she yes. wants to. I mean, exactly. that's, you know, it's not like they're Carson's on every afternoon on the station that she's listening to now. Yeah, I know. She's like, I, she, she did say that she's been listening, so I'm surprised that she doesn't call Carson up herself. Maybe that's the vino time, the afternoon. Maybe. Yeah, right. Maybe should be the vino time right now. Well, <laughs> I, listen, I've learned the hard way with asking that question on the air. Because it never turns out doesn't, to be that they're drinking. It turns out to be a medical condition. And then you feel like the biggest jerk in the world. And I've done that several times. I've been like, I'm convinced that this person is drunk. Oh, she sounds like No, I'm fine. not drunk. I just had a stroke three days ago. Oh, great. Okay. How's your recovery? Yeah. No, but she's not that way. She was she was with it for the most part. I agree. Yeah. You sound like a wonderful woman. It sounds like she's having a great day. Exactly. And she's going to have a great 2023. Geo coming alive, Bill Ford Talk Studio on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. We started the show talking about Michael Four, the Jets, and Michael Four parting ways. I mean, clearly someone was going to pay the price for the way that the Jets handled Zach Wilson, the way that the offense struggled down the stretch. Is it fair? I don't think that it's completely fair and was 100% a slam dunk. But I am I'm on the side of. You didn't do a good enough job because you are the offensive man on this staff. That was it. You know, Rob Sala is the head coach, but he's a defensive-minded guy. He brought you in to run the offense. And you were the one who was in charge of the Zach Wilson's development, and it didn't happen. Now, a lot of that's on Zach as well, but that's a big part of Mike LaFleur. The other part of it is that during those last several games, six games, especially the last three, the offense was as bad as any offense in the NFL. So... 
You know, I do think that bringing in a veteran offensive mind to run this offense is a smart thing, even if you're keeping Zach Wilson. And I know that it's tough to learn a new offense, but to me, it's more important to have a guy who knows what he's doing, who's been there before, to try to save this guy. Because remember, how many times did we see it this year? Now, Geno Smith was in that same offense. To a tongue of Ilo, and I understand has been concussions. Let's just think about when he was healthy. New offense with Mike McDaniel. Played better than he ever has. Yep. Daniel Jones. New offense with Brian Dable. Another new offense, by the way. It's a connection. Played better than he ever had. Connection between Dable, Kafka, and Jones. It's so fine. it's more about hiring the right guy yep. than it is messing around with the offense. They'll figure it out if it's the right guy for Zach Wilson. And they also have to find out whether or not Zach Wilson can play. Yeah, I mean, and whether or not, you know, he can keep his focus for four quarters and, you know, you're going to have a bad game every now and again. But, man, it's it's a bitch. And this is one of the things that Brian Dayball has brought to Daniel Jones. And it started again in week one with that interception in the red zone. Hey, hey, Daniel, this crap has got to stop. And if you look at Daniel Jones's turnovers from when he was a rookie to where he is now, we are now in the single digit number. And that is what you want. You can't be fumbling the ball in the pocket. You can't be throwing arbitrary inter- interceptions and letting your you know your focus dip. And and some of it's not the quarterback's fault, but a lot of uh, these turnovers happen to be Daniel's fault earlier on in his career. You know he had thirty nine inter- uh, turnovers in his first two seasons, and you say to yourself, okay, well there's enough to you know judge a quarterback by. There's enough to look at there this quarterback and say you know he can't play in this league. That's where we are with Zach Wilson right now. We are right where we were with Daniel Jones two years ago. And the patience by John Mara has paid off to a certain extent this season. And he finally got the right coach. You know, he got the right coach who was able to come in here and get into Daniel's face. Now, Daniel's a man now. He's been in the league for four years. So he's matured. So that helps those guys. And then when you see Daniel physically, he's about as imposing as a quarterback is in an NFL, in the NFL in an NFL uniform. When you look at the five big guys over on the AFC side, starting with Patrick Mahomes all the way down to uh, Trevor Lawrence, they're all like six three and a half to six six, and they're all big, strong guys who got have great arms <clears throat> and run with the ball if they need to, but don't want to. And that's, I think that's exactly what Brian Dabo and Mike Kafka see in Daniel Jones. Man, we got this great athlete. Look at how big he is. Look how strong he is. Now we just got to refine his game and we got to teach him not to turn the freaking ball over. And if we do, we can win. And those turnovers are that that's what leads you to, lo- to losses. Yeah. And I, as far as Daniel Jones goes, and of course I have. Talked about his career a ton, <clears throat> said I would have moved on from him. He had ended up having a very, very good year this year. But what scares me more, you talk about Saquon Barkley, and he's got to be the X Factor, sure. And he's going to probably probably play well in this game. But what scares me the most about the Giants' offense against that Vikings' defense are two things. And they're both what I envision on third and nine. And that is... Two things that will happen that will drive me nuts. Daniel Jones will run for a first down. And also... The pass rush will not get to him because Ed Donkatel will not blitz. And when he does blitz, these guys never end up getting there. 
And Daniel Jones will sit back there and boom, throw that accurate pass in that tight window to Darius Slayton in the middle of the field and bang, there's a first down. Those third down conversions to me are the things that drive me absolutely nuts. And Daniel Jones has an ability to do that in that third and seven, third and 11 range where he can go run for that first down. He's lethal in that way. So when you talk about coordinator for the Jets... It's just like what happened for the Giants. You got to find the right guy because it's not going to be Rob Sala. Because Rob Sala, you know, is dealt now with two years with Zach Wilson. I don't even see Rob Sala even talking to Zach Wilson during the games. Yeah, you know, Zach Wilson goes over the to the bench and sits down with I think Rob Calabrese or whoever when he was playing, and maybe Joe Flacco, maybe Mike White was over there. You know, they're all walking on eggshells because they know Zach's not playing well. And, you know, they're probably thinking, you know, what the hell is this guy out there for? You know, there's probably a lot of distrust and all the other crap that's gone on in that quarterback room. They may all like each other, but they all are pretty honest about who should be playing, who shouldn't be playing. They all have their own mindset about that. But they got to get somebody in here that is going to be tough on this kid and is going to, you know, kind of do exactly what Brian Dayball and Mike Kafka done with Daniel Jones. Like, you got to make him into a man. You got to make him into understanding what his responsibilities are. And, you know, you're not going to deal with all the nonsense, you know, whatever nonsense there may be behind the scenes. Yeah, and this is this is a critical hire for them. We talk about how the head coach hire is such a big deal, and we talked about Sala, most important hire in Jets history. All of them are. They're all important. This hire, if you're going to save Zach Wilson, and that's your plan, uh, this hire is absolutely critical. All right, let's go to uh, Rich in Oyster Bay. What's going on, Rich? Hey, what's happening, Gio? How are you? Good, man. What's up? Nothing. Listen, I had to uh, call in. I love the fact that you're rocking the Islanders jersey today. Yeah. And I was um, thinking you have to get that footage of you dancing like Alibaba on the scoreboard tonight if you're going to the game. <laughs> so I'm not going tonight. I am going on January 27th. And by the way, I looked up the English translation of the lyrics, and they're okay. So so they are okay, so everybody can, everybody can chill. Um, so, yeah, I am going to the game on the 27th, and I will be in... John Ledecky's yeah, box. Yeah, well, we'll just call them and let them know that that's what you want to do, and they'll put you on in between. You know, maybe I would say maybe at the beginning of the game or something. Yeah, so, that right. Or, you know what? Right when they need it. I think when they need it the most. Let's say yeah. that they're, like, down. They're, <laughs> they're down a goal, and it's the third period. Right, and you got to wear the Fish Sticks jersey. Right, I'll wear the right Fish now. Sticks jersey, right. and then I'll tell them, we'll send the song over, the the over the island, to the Islanders. So don't use your hands. He doesn't touch his belly. I think you got to smile because you look good when you smile. Makes everybody feel good when you smile. Yeah, he's got this hip thing down, though. We'll work on that. We can work on that. Huh? We can work on the hips. I can't. I can't move my hips like he can move his hips like he's like this. Like yeah, he's got. got he's nice What are you doing? Oh god. Oh boy. How much you want to bet that Yusef has this on his phone? <laughs> Yo, that's the guy you need to ask about this guy. Yeah. I bet you he'd have a great dance for this, Yusef. Oh, we're going to ask him tomorrow, I guess, right? Oh, no, our Astoria listenership just grew. It's most I've worked out in a long time. Right. Woo! 
You think that they would allow me to do that up there? Uh, I'm sure John Ledecky would be all over that. Like from the front part of his box there? And they just put the camera on? By the way, John's niece, Katie. Yeah, the AP athlete of the year. Female athlete of the year. Yeah, congratulations. Again, by the way, multiple winners. Amazing. Tremendous. Uh, Okay. Should we get another one in here? Sure, yeah, why not? John in Manhattan. What's up, John? Oh, hey, this is John. Um, I just want to say I've been watching football since the early 60s. At War Memorial Stadium with the Bills. Yeah. Boomer, Boomer Esiason, when he called games on the radio, was the best I've ever listened to and also the best on Sunday on TV. No one touches you, Boomer. Uh, it's very no nice of you to say that, John. Nice, appreciate John. that. Yes, very nice. Secondly, secondly, unfortunately, the Jets, again, have a miserable year. Seven wins, not enough, more than their usual four. But I want to talk about the Giants. Yeah. I agree with what Boomer said. Daniel Jones is imposing. He's going to lead this team. And Brian Dayball has the brains and the strategy to take them to the Super Bowl this year to play my Bills. Now I'm going to hang up. Okay. Okay. Thank God. That would be tough. Yeah. uh, It's going to be tough. But, you know, I'm telling you. They're not in the AFC, and and we you know every one of these NFC teams has got an issue, maybe with the exception of Philadelphia. The WFN digital team thinks they're in the AFC. Yeah, I know that, <laughs> but I'm just saying, in the NFC, yeah. there's opportunities, and if Philadelphia and Jalen Hurts is 100, percent they're going to be tough to beat in Philly. There's no question about that. But you know, you got the quarterback situation in San Francisco. How long does that thing last, and how long does that go? It's possible. Listen, anything is possible. We've seen it before. I think the Giants teams in seven and eleven were better. Uh, I think, oh, that of course, they were better. They had bad, better <laughs> wide receivers for sure. Yeah, yeah. And they had the running back tandems. And how about how about the defensive line for those teams? Now they they got Michael Strahan was a Hall of Famer, but those teams had really good defensive lines. This team's got a good defensive line. Yeah, no, absolutely, they do. I I, I think that. For a team like the Giants, who has you know no expectations on them heading into the playoffs, they can play outdoors, they can play in bad weather, they can run the ball. A team like that is the one that is more surprising to go on a run as opposed to the team that they're playing in the Vikings. Now, the Vikings, everything would have to fall into place for them. I don't like them outdoors on the road if they ended up winning this game somehow and going to San Francisco. So, yeah, I mean... I- I don't think it's crazy for the Vi- for the Giants to beat the Vikings and then them going into Philly and giving them a really, really good game. How many sacks did the Giants have this week? Oh, God. Four. You know what happens when you, hey, you talk about fumbles, opportunities, all sorts of stuff. If you think there are going to be that many sacks that the Giants are going to have? At least four. At least four? I'm being conservative with that. Wow. I told you they might be playing with two third string is, linemen. And you know, if there's a guy, if there's a guy out there in this league who's the opposite of Ed Donatel, who is your defense coordinator in Minnesota, mm-hmm. is this guy Wink Martindale here? Yep, like sending people. Oh, he does. And this is where it's going to be interesting—the chess match because you're not going to do the same stuff that you did the last time against this team. So, how is Wink Martindale going to change that pressure? He's going to be sending people, but it's not going to be the same stuff. As a team, too, going into this game. Yes.
Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports I can't Network. Win. I, can't, I can't win. What do you mean? I got you shading the Vikings all week. You got my buddy Bobby D calling me up trying to shade the Giants. And I'm like, I'm sitting in between the two of you. And both of you are like so sitting on pins and needles about this game coming up. Good. That I think you make yourselves feel better when you say, ah, you know, my team can't do this. His team can do that. And your team can do this. And my team. And I'm like, guys, root for your team. That's all there is. Just Who root says you're not your rooting for them? Of course I'm rooting for them. I just I have expectations well, in the game. Them. Well, that's because I wanted to prove to somebody that I was not lying about the fact that I think they're going to lose. You've actually put money on the Giants? I, I will by the end of the week, yes. I'm going to do it. Have to. I just cannot see you tomorrow <laughs> to. coming in here and picking the Giants now, in I this game. Well, I picked them on Monday. I picked them three weeks ago when I said this was a possibility. But I noticed, I noticed, I noticed a little bit. People don't see this because off the air we, we talk a lot about what's going on and everything else. But I noticed a, a little bit of a change here as we get closer to football Friday tomorrow and your your appetite for this game. And I, I notice a little bit more confidence. Like You're talking about Osborne going off now and Hawkinson going off. And I'm, I'm hearing, killed them three right, I'm hearing all these things now that you see in a positive light that I don't know if you're really sharing with everybody out there, but you're sharing it with me. What I said was <laughs> this. I said if someone's going to, I could see K.J. Osborne having success in this game. Doesn't mean focused I, on Jefferson and Hawkinson. Well, yes, exactly. And I think Thielen's essentially done. So yeah. I, I, to me, Osborne's going to have his opportunities. Doesn't mean I think the Vikings are going to win. And the reason this came up is because K.J. Osborne was on Good Morning Football. Just and so, I, said, I said I could see him having a good game for like fantasy purposes. I'm not saying like, hey. I thought you were talking about Hawkinson. Well, I said Hawkins. I said just what what CeeLo said. Hawkinson had a huge game against them, and I don't think it's going to happen again because like Wink Martindale and Brian Dable are too smart. They're not going to let him have that huge game again. So, so okay, that's that's all I'm Can't saying. Cover everyone. I know, but I just I noticed a little bit of a shift mm. you know, today from yesterday, and then the day before that, and the farther we uh, get away from Monday, the more I feel like you're coming around a little bit. I. I will say there's something I saw yesterday that made me go, all right, enough. Meaning, like, enough with the Giants. What was that? I'm, I'll save it. I'm just going to save it. Okay. Save it? Let's save it. Can you do me a favor? If this game should come down to a, a kick for the Vikings late, can you have Gina just film it for it's us? It's the reaction. We need an instant reaction from right. Gio. We had the gentleman with the cane years ago with Blair Walsh. I think if that happens again, you, we need to have a... 2023 fresh version with you just in case that gentleman's no longer with us, okay? I think that if the Vikings win... <laughs> yeah, this is... Yeah, this there we go. I guarantee this. The Islanders sent in that jersey. They never could have foreseen that he'd be doing this. Wearing that jersey. He's going to be doing this next Thursday, though. This is what we want to see. We want to see. We're getting a good party. They win. We got to see that. It's the reaction. And if they and if they lose, you get Marash in here, and he does that with the Giants. Oh God. 
I'm surprised you want to have to yeah. stab him. There's got to be a wager between the two of you. Yeah, you got to wager or anything? Yeah. Yeah. Why would I? They've, everybody's asking me this. Why would I wager on the team I don't well, expect to win? You two, there's got to be something on the line. Maybe not money, but like brag. Some sort of like. Why would I do that? Because then I'm putting myself in a position. It's stupid. I don't, I, yeah. I, like, I don't believe that they're going to win the game. Yeah, you guys sad, can do like sad. a loser puts the chains on without your shirts on. Oh, God, I'm not sure. I don't know. <laughs> that is a good idea, but no. Yeah, okay. yeah. I uh, I don't know. It's it, is it sad though, CeeLo? I don't believe that it's sad. It is a little bit. In what no, way? Like, it's just like you want to be able to root for your team. It's I am playoffs. rooting for no, no, my I team, know, but like with some sort of belief or hope or confidence. You're a giant fan. Yeah. So how do you feel about this game? I feel cautiously optimistic. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What about me with my Dolphins? Yeah. I, Zero chance. Right. That's true. Yeah, like they put you no out of your chance. misery early. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen. I Are mean, you happy your team at least made it? No, no. How can I be? <laughs> I've got a quarterback with a glass head. I have no future. <laughs> oh, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, what's going on? That was on? Edward Scazzeri who yeah. said that. There right. was not neither, neither Boomer or Geo. <laughs> Barrett Sports Media. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Don't get me wrong, though. I'm going to be into the game. Oh, no, I'm going to be clapping when they get off the field on third down. I'm going to be happy when they score a touchdown. All those things, if they score a touchdown, all those things I'll be into. But I so both things can exist. I could be rooting for the game and excited that the game is happening and hoping that they win, but expecting them to lose. Yeah. Vikings up seventeen nothing in the second quarter. Uh, I don't like this. Exactly, they're going to blow this game. Yeah. I mean, no matter what the score is, he's going to be like, I don't like this. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, no matter what it is, no yeah. matter where it is, until well, the game seen is it over, and we've seen yeah. it happen. So. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Especially with this team. I do. I will say though that if they're down early, I have more of a belief that they can come back with the craziness that's happened this year. Yeah. Right, who has had more special moments this season, the Giants or the Vikings? Special moments, special, like oh, really special Vikings. moments. Yeah, the Vikings yeah. have. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like well, you could say that you know they're destined. I don't know if I go no. that far. No, I told <laughs> I you what my. I told you the destiny. The destiny was that the Giants were going to beat the Vikings because of what I said about them. This entire year. Right. That's my destiny. I'll give you this, Boomer. I think the game itself is destined for some sort of craziness, craziness or excitement. I don't know if I could say the Vikings are destined. The, the one thing I just, you know, it's just damn Brian Dable, man. It's hard just to get off of, like, what he's done this year. Yeah. Well, that's a big part and, of my thought process. how he's prepared this team and how he has resurrected, you know, Daniel Jones to a point where now Daniel Jones is the reason they're winning. Yeah, I mean... If the Vikings win some dramatic game this week, people will start saying what you're saying about the team of destiny. And then the next week, they'll go into San Francisco and, and uh, Nick Bosa will suplex <laughs> Kirk Cousins and then fart on his helmet. And then that'll go right out the door. You know what I'm saying? Let's not worry about next week. Let's know what I'm about saying? this week. You know what I'm saying, bro? You know what I'm saying? Do you understand? You know what I'm saying? By the way, did O'Connell and Dable with the Patriots maybe cross paths? How about him dropping Dave's? During his press yeah, conference right, yesterday. I, I don't know. That's a good question. I would imagine that's a Patriots connection if I had to guess, but I don't yeah. know for sure. I, I would not look so, that yes. up. All those guys are tied to Bill Belichick. Right. Exactly. All right. While you look that up, I'll tell you we're brought to you by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Also brought to you by Flag and Anthem Real Clothes for Real Life. 
Uh, great. I have like three minutes. Awesome. The Knicks won. They beat the Pacers 119-113. Jalen Brunson had himself another big game. Nets and Celtics down in Brooklyn 720 pre here on the fan. Boston comes in off a home win over the Pelicans last night. We'll give you this one more time because our guy Jerry Recco on the call for another uh, exciting finish as far as Rutgers basketball is concerned. They were playing at Northwestern last night. Scarlet Knights down a point late. Down to 20 seconds. <laughs> okay, he gets a screen from Memori. Find Spencer wide open for three in the lead. Good! And back in front, 63-62. Six made three of the night for Cam Spencer. Yeah, he did it again, just as he did against <laughs> Purdue. That was Jerry on WCBS 880. As they yeah, did he can make beat, all those uh, noises right in the middle of making his call. That's right. Same same breath. 65-62 for the Scarlet Knights. They get to 12-5, and 4-2 and two in Big Ten play. Do you have any interest in hearing one from Carlos Correa from yesterday? Yeah, please. Okay, so uh, obviously wild offseason for him. Three different contract agreements, three different teams. He ends up back where he started in Minnesota. Yeah, it was surprising. Um, but that led me here, uh, back to the Twins. And uh, I couldn't be more happier. Uh, my family's very happy. Uh, Daniel is excited. Um, Kylo is going to grow up to be Minnesota nice, which I love. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we're, we're very excited. I get more juicy Lucy's also. Anyone know about Juicy Lucy's? I don't. I've been out there several times. I had to I don't look know. it up. Yeah. I was like, did I hear that right? Juicy Lucy's, a Minnesota thing? So it is a South Minneapolis creation, a burger style unique to the Gopher State. Now, I had to run in here. I can't tell you exactly what's on that burger. <laughs> but it is a apparently a... Uh, South Rolling. Minneapolis burger. <laughs> Waiting here. Hopefully, it wasn't on Urban Dictionary. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think he would have bring, brought that up. No, no, you no. Know, no. It's obviously got to be some sort of restaurant out Let's there that see. serves a juicy loose. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> a stuffed burger with cheese inside the meat instead of on top, oh, resulting oh. in a melted core of cheese. I like, I like that. that. Two yeah, bars in Minneapolis claim to be the inventor of the burger, while other bars and restaurants have created their own interpretations of the style. There you go. Different like types that. of cheeses, or just is it a cheddar, or what is mm. it? Wouldn't be cheddar because they would get that from Wisconsin. They probably wouldn't want that. Uh, <laughs> That's a good point. That's great. I'm looking at anything there specific about the cheese, Boomer. All right, well, I love wet cheese. <laughs> oh yeah. Mm, mm, mm. God. Well, could you stuff a burrata in there? Uh, could you stuff a wet cheese in that mm. burger? I wonder. I'm looking. This one's got cheddar in it. That's cheddar. crazy. Cheddar. 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 <laughs> Cheddar. Oh, boy. By the wow. way, I think uh gotten to the bottom of what went wrong for Anthony Gallo with the, the lady friend who dumped him as the food yeah. arrived. Oh, you did? Well, I don't know. A little theory here. I um, think he wasn't paying close enough attention to her. Here's Bill's tackle, Dion Dawkins, and he'll kind of fill in the blanks a little bit. If you go on a date and with somebody three times, then you should know that she or he, whoever you're with, likes like a lemon drop or a Shirley Temple. Like, but like that's what you should should know. So maybe you got a drink wrong at dinner. I don't know. But in all seriousness, that was Dawkins breaking down the Bills' third matchup of the season with the Dolphins, and makes the point that uh, yeah, we pretty much know each other very well at this point. I kind of look at it for what it is. Like I don't make it like all these giant things. Like you know, like we're going on our third date. You know, hopefully we can take them home. <laughs> I mean, yeah, quite the personality over the last 10 days you know, he actually was 
pretty good spokesperson for the whole Damar Hamlin situation. And then when Damar was, you know, up and awake and aware, he was like the bill that was out there speaking to people and also tweeting about it. Very well spoken. Yes. And an interesting uh, example there. I like that. Very good. On the ice tonight, Rangers uh, host the Central Division leading Dallas Stars. And you got the Islanders home for the Minnesota Wild, which now brings us to moment of the day. It's brought to you by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos Tequila is brought to you by those who drink it. So a typo or an oversight, I guess, by our digital team, further outed uh, by Gio on the air this morning, led to something you don't get every day. Program director of the number one sports station in the market, the country, some might say, going toe-to-toe with the co-host of the number one morning show in the market for all to hear. And there were certainly some haymakers thrown throughout uh, the segment here. You can't edit an Instagram video. It's not how it works. You can't so edit what's go, on So the then cover. why isn't it deleted then? And then put back because, up on? I don't know, because it was the overnight, man. It happened in the overnight. They're not just staring at it. Man, I tell you. You make a lot of errors, man. I'm so just we, saying. Of course we do. It's, I'm just saying. Okay, well, right, give me a couple. The digital team's give not me a pointing them out. Give me the a couple. The digital team's Give I'll me a couple ha- errors. I'm going to have... No, no, no. That's a... No, that's give me a couple. You make a lot of errors, and then you sit here, can't for, give an for example. six months, your commercial breaks happened at the wrong time. But that's every not, day. That's not an that's error. That's your error. Okay. It's you're a, the that, host. That's a team thing, sure. No, we worked on that. it's a team But it is. Thing. But it is. Oh. And this is what I'm saying about the digital it's team. Someone's team gotta, someone's got to stop it. I'm oh. so, all right. No, I'm talking about like statistical errors where someone, like, if I was like, oh, the Giants are going to go to the AFC Let's championship Let's look at your game. picks. That's a pick. That's a pick. Totally oh, different. It's not a fact. One. Picks you asked me for two. Hold on. You asked me for two. Examples. You asked me for two. Bad examples. You asked me for two. Bad examples. Those are bad examples. Picks are not facts. Well, they're not, not from you. facts. Not from you. They're not facts. Right. They're not facts for anybody. The right. AFC Championship. The Giants are in the NFC. They're not in the AFC. Tough to whittle down 15 minutes into about 75 seconds. But the theme here was Boomer just sat back and let you guys have at it, man. Yeah, yeah well, I it's mean, the radio guys doing radio things. Right. Spike, and, and Spike won't get within six feet of Boomer. With, you well, know, as we heard the at the end of the segment, right, when yeah, the, Boomer the, does nothing wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and, and by the way, too, just uh, one more thing on that. That's not like the break thing is his preference. Is it a mistake? <laughs> I don't know. That's up for debate. Nuance. Maybe we get up the for debate. prior program director's opinion on that. Is it a mistake? <laughs> if it's his preference, it's not a fact. Don't have, you know, like the AFC-NFC thing is a fact. Understood. And the picks thing is terrible. That, that is an absolute terrible You make example. a lot of errors. <laughs> <laughs> and then spends all day on doing them, apparently. Right, I didn't, right, I exactly. Did that, uh, hit the cutting room floor. Yeah, right, <laughs> right, <laughs> right, of course. <laughs> but the two examples he gave were terrible examples. Oh, yeah. I was waiting for him to go He's like, still, oh, you said this, yeah, this, yeah. this, this, and this. Yeah. Bad examples. As you outlined in the clip? Clearly. Yes. Uh, all right, CeeLo, we'll see you uh, next week. Next week, couple days. Tuesday, What's going on next Tuesday, week? Thursday situation next week. Rutgers stuff. Uh, one of them is, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Jerry's. What? What else is Jerry doing? I mean, he's using his days. He's got another Rutgers uh, situation, and then the Cowboys Monday night. Situation. Oh, that's right, Cowboys Monday. All night. I know is I was asked Ooh, to be here. I, Cowboys he Monday give me night. His reasoning, you know. Gosh, I mean, you make a lot of errors. <laughs> 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 All right. Oh, a new favorite drop. Hi, Boomer Gio on the fan of CBS Sports Network. 
if this is one of those stories that our listeners were following or not. Of course, we pay attention to sports talk radio stuff more than your average person would. But Michael Kay on his radio show got very upset that an ESPN radio producer on another show said that Michael Kay takes shots at that show because they are on the decline now. And basically said that their ratings aren't as good as they used to be. This is what this producer said on another show. Michael Kay then comes on and starts screaming about this producer. He's calling him out by name, says he can get him fired, was thinking about whether or not he was going to get him fired. He was going to call an executive, is screaming. And if you watch the video, it is clear that he is legitimately angry. I'm sorry. I've been doing this. I get legitimately angry over really dumb stuff. Sometimes it's not dumb stuff. I get sensitive if callers say a certain thing and I scream at them. And I'll tell you right now, that's legitimate anger. It is. Right or wrong. And there's been many times that I've been wrong. It's legitimate anger. So you hear how I'm saying that? Like, I was wrong by getting You make a lot of errors, man. (laughs) Yeah, the first error I made was to trust him. (laughs) Uh, So... Anyway, <laughs> so I admitted the fact that, like, I was, I got, I got pissed and anger. That was real anger. Michael K's excuse for screaming at that producer was that he was doing, quote, performance art. He was performing. And he's such a great performer. And he actually said that. He's such a great performer that everybody believed that he was really that angry trying to get that guy fired when really it was just a show. And then, Don LaGreca and the other, the whatever his face, he they both come in and go, well, you know, if you believe Michael K was really pissed off about that uh, producer, then you probably b- believe that uh, pro wrestling is real or some of these reality shows are real. Give me a break. You don't have to sit there and bootlick him any longer. He's going to retire. It doesn't matter if he kisses ass or not. That's not going to be the difference in you getting that job when he leaves. Just stop it. Just stop kissing his ass. He was wrong. Call him out for it. He was absolutely wrong. It's not performance art. You were pissed off. So how about coming on the air and being like, you know what? I stepped over the line. I was really mad in the moment. I shouldn't have threatened that guy's job. I talked to him off the air. I'm sorry for doing that. But instead, I got to believe it's performance art. Are you freaking kidding me? And then, by the way, if it is performance art, why are you pulling back the curtain? Like, does, does the magician show you where he keeps the rabbit before he pulls it out of the hat? If you're such a great performer, then continue your bit. But then you pulled back the curtain to tell everybody about it because you weren't man enough to step up and say that you were wrong. Mm. And for someone to be in the business as long as he has, and you are about the same age as him, to pull that kind of lie and bull crap to me was embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. And I sit here and I bust everybody's balls and whatever. I'll point out mistakes. If I ever, ever go and say on the air... For real. Or go back to Spike Eskin and say, this guy needs to be fired. You have permission to punch me right in the face. Because that is a ridiculous, ridiculous abuse of power. And that's a guy who I think had no way out, couldn't admit that he was wrong, and then painted this bullcrap picture that he's some sort of a performer. Jesus Christ, a performance art from Michael K? <laughs> performance art? What, what, are you, what are you, part of the yeah. Blue Man group? What do you mean performance art? He's about the least performance art person I can think about ever.
that I know. You know what I think? I think, number one, that that producer should have his own show. Right? That's the first thing that I think of. And the second thing is, yeah, I think he got trapped. I think he got caught up in the, in, in the moment, got pissed off that uh, somebody in his own building would take a shot at their show the way that that, that producer did. And uh, totally understand why he would get mad. But that was not performance art. I no. agree with you. No, that was that was somebody trying to big time a lower level employee at that station. And let me tell you something. As embarrassing and as, as wrong as he was, that's the first time I've listened to that show and it's been compelling. So, to me, even though you were wrong, you at least created a situation where I was interested in it. So, like, just live with it, man. And live you, with it. And you, of all people, you know, you love the scuttlebutt. You love the strife. God, it's embarrassing. I, yeah, I understand. 100%. It's it, like, you know, and, and that, that producer, I would hold probably a grudge, you know, against him forever. Like, I mean, I would. I'd be like, this guy, like, publicly lobbied for my firing on the air? Like and, and I'm telling you, like, and, and I will fully admit, people bust my balls. Sometimes it hits me the wrong way, and I get pissed. Never, ever, ever would I threaten their livelihood in that way, especially if someone that's making $30,000 or whatever the hell that kid's making, and that a-hole's making $2 million? <laughs> Holy hell! But he's the voice of the Yankees. You have to understand. And he's got a K-Rod. My God. See, so, you, you know, you got to understand who you're dealing with now. You're dealing with a star. God damn. <laughs> like, <laughs> man, I'm telling you. I, it's, no, it's just unbelievable. Like, it like you're pissed your 14th. Admit it. All right. That's what happened. Okay. And then some guy came in, he needled you, he hit you in the wrong way. And then there was those two stooges in the sidecar to sit there and then tongue bathe them. That was even more embarrassing. How about one of them call him out for their bull crap? I'd be like, hey, Michael, I think you're full of it. How's that sound? Mm. Yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got to love the radio war, both yeah. in, internally and externally. Right. Yeah. Pick on someone your own size. Come after me, Michael K. There you go. The guy give a crap. <laughs> Jesus, you, you 10 people that are still out there listening might get a kick out of it. Someone will tell me about it, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> if, they're, if you're lucky. Oh boy! Well, he's got a lot of stuff on his plate, man. You know, God. loser. All right. You ever notice he's? A, never mind. Huh? What were you gonna say? Uh, I forgot. Another reason he's a loser? No, 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 no. Oh. Something else about something else. So. Oh, okay. It All didn't. Right. It didn't really make sense to fit it in right here. So let's forget it. All right. Oh, by the way, that whole thing that I just did—performance art. So nothing I said really matters. Just performance art. Right, and and I was making, by the way, for those that aren't watching on CBS Sports Network, that whole time I was making balloon animals. Here's a giraffe, and you were doing tricks. Yeah, and I was juggling bowling pins because I'm a performer. I'm a performer. <laughs> you okay? You okay? Damn, sixty something years old. He's still acting like he's twelve. Yep. Okay. Right. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.